Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics of the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts for today, as always, Cross, joined by my partner in crime, the other half of the dynamic duo of Twitch, Nitro. What's up, good people? How ads coming in with... today. Ads coming in with that host, as always, right off the bat. Thank you so much, ads. Also... Shout out, thank you, Zombie Apostle, for that follow when we were in our starting screen there. Thank you so much and welcome to the Comic Clan. We appreciate you and are grateful that you are here with us. Hey, War Hero LG in the house, how are you doing, sir? That? Good to see you here. Thank you for everyone that's came to join us. And it's been a while, dude. It's been dude, a while since we've done it. We were talking about this we just. We were talking before this, right? And then you said it had been a month. It's been about a like, month like since we actually did um, one of our podcasts, and I'm like. That's kind of crazy now that we think about it. You like the interview with David Pepos was literally our last podcast. It was about a month ago. We've been hitting that sea of thieves grind with the uh, pirates life stuff. Dude, that was such a good. That was such a good interview, though. That was, was a really so awesome. good. If you guys missed that out, David Pepos is an absolute legend. Uh, phenomenal writer as well. His books are well worth writing. Um, we reviewed the week before that Spencer and Locke and it was such an amazing book getting to talk to him about it and like almost immediately after the show I went and picked up um, the OZ number one as well I went and ordered it I'm still waiting on it coming in but yeah. his like current book that he's working on the OZ like she's a take on The Wizard of Oz like you've never seen it before um, it looks awesome uh, LJ saying doing well I never have a Sunday off and had to come see you we appreciate it LJ that you're taking your Sunday off to actually come and hang out with us I appreciate yeah, it trust me I get it I know how much a day off like means and to go and invest in someone else's stream it's like it takes a lot of effort on a day off and I appreciate yeah. that you want to come and hang out with us and spend some we time here yeah we absolutely love you to bits LJ thank you so much for stopping by brother we don't get to see you that often in here for the podcast but it means a lot and yep Zombie Apostle thank you so much for stopping by too it's well appreciated but yeah we are back and what a way to get back into the podcast than by jumping yes. into what a way indeed marvel's return to cinema their triumphant return question mark uh their the return of first uh marvel content to hit the movie theater since uh spider-man far from home hit at the end of 2019 we went the whole of 2020 without any new marvel content which if you're uh, or an eternal trainer trailer you know, like if, if you and this Eternals trailer, you have got this, you've got this obsession with Eternals Dude, coming. Okay, out. they had it ready. They had it ready for Black Widow when Black Widow was supposed to be released last spring. They had it ready, and they just didn't drop it for like a year. You got this like weird like hype for the Eternals movie that I just don't have in general as well. You are so excited for this movie, and I'm very much like, oh, eh, it's alright. I'm just a fan of like mythology, like Norse, Greek, Roman, all that stuff, and I think this has like that sort of vibe to it. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be really good. I feel like it's going to be a sleeper hit. You heard it here, folks. First, you. Yep, it's exactly what I meant to say. You heard it here, <laughs> folks. First, you heard it here, folks. First. That's a that's a that's a new sound for the sound alert board. That one. You heard it here, folks. First. Uh, somebody uh, want to copy that. Ads coming into the chat saying, I'm caught up in Loki, I want an alligator. Absolutely. Um, if you guys weren't aware, make sure you join us again next Sunday as well, because we will be delving into Loki. Um, a full review of that season 
awesome show. That, awesome. which I don't think I'll spoil it to say now because it's all over the internet, a review of that first season of Loki, as it was confirmed he is getting a second season. Um, and we are we are excited and pumped to talk about that one. That show yes. is... Mar- awesome. Marvel's been killing it at the Disney Plus shows, and Loki is probably the best one so far, in my opinion. I would agree. You know, like small spoiler for what we're going to say next week, but like, yeah, they they, they rocked it. Oh, yeah, the last episode just blew my mind. Uh, LJ saying ads, we got plenty down here in Louisiana. Uh Come and get one. I heard alligator is good, though, like to eat, um, but I've never tried it. Did I try alligator? I've tried a few different meats. I think I might have tried alligator a long time ago. I can't remember, though. Um, I've heard rattlesnake is good, too. Never tried rattlesnake. That's one I've not tried. Uh, probably one of my favourites I've ever tried was wild boar I've never tried that I got to try wild boar and it was really good meat like really, really good quality meat I'm like, hmm. so if you ever get the chance it's well worth it um, but we are not of course talking about Loki this week we are not delving into that because honestly like I, I kind of hate when shows do that like that it's like you know like Black Widow dropped last weekend so we're going to talk about it on Sunday yeah just give people room to breathe. It's man. like Loki finished on Wednesday, so the first opportunity we get to do the podcast after that, we're going to talk. No, not everybody gets to see it right away. Yeah. Some of some of us are obsessive. I know some of us see it right away, but some of us also have lives and can't get to the cinema the opening weekend for Black yeah. Widow. It's like you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'd say Kangaroo and Wild Boar are nice. Kangaroo is nice as well. I think I tried that once as well. And I've never really tried nice. that. Um. But yeah, so we are probably a week after most other podcasts talking about this, but we are going to be delving into some black... You know we're okay with that. We're yeah. okay with that. Well, that's it. If you're showing up here, you hate to hear our opinion on it anyway. It's like if you want to get the full take on the movie, you've gone and seen it for yourself at this point. Yeah. You're, you're not coming here to find out what happens in the movie. You're coming here to hear her ramble for two hours because apparently you exactly. guys like doing that and I still don't uh-huh. quite get why, but we appreciate it nonetheless. And we love to ramble, so we'll yeah. continue to do this. And this is going to be a ramble, I'm not going to lie. Oh. Nit- Nitro will attest that my brain was broken after coming out of the cinema and like just kept processing so much I've never, stuff. I've never seen Cross at a loss for words before until the movie credits finished and the lights came on in the, in the, in the theater and I looked over and I said, so what do you think? Lost for words. I've never seen it before in my life. It was awesome. Yeah, so I w- I will preface this my conversation by saying this like that I did get like four hours sleep the night before seeing this, and I've been running on very little sleep thanks to my youngest not sleeping, and um, so oh, I've not smart. had like a proper night's sleep for about three four weeks at this point, and um, so there was a couple of occasions where I felt my eyes closing in the movie theater, <laughs> that was that I will say was unrelated to the movie. It was surely because like. You know, it was nice, it was dark, it was warm. <laughs> those chairs are comfier than you look. See, when you've not had sleep for four weeks, those chairs are pretty comfy. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But we are going to delve into some of the conversation regarding this. Um, LG already saying, looking forward to the discussion. I enjoyed the movie, and I'm like, get your thoughts and opinions on it there as well. Also yes. as well, I'm going to preface this, because I, it's the internet and people get mad at things. This is our opinion yes if your opinion if if your opinion disagrees with us that's fine like and i always say that about the comic book movies and the marvel movies in general because there's such a wide variety of them if you cross and i disagree vehemently on some points yeah we've uh, we've yeah we've had points where like we cannot agree on stuff like yeah even yesterday we had the iron man 2 discussion again where it's like (laughs) 
It's like Nitro like adores that movie and like and I just can't get over the fact of it doesn't have a script and clearly doesn't have a script. Well, um, and, at and I think, that's not to say there I, aren't cool moments in the movie. That's not to say there's not enjoyable agree. stuff that happens. Yeah. But there are clear moments that make it a bad movie. <laughs> and, and I think that Avengers One is a completely overrated movie. Almost borderline bad. I still enjoy it for what it is, and there are aspects of the movie that I enjoy. Yeah. But I know Cross, you like it way more than I do. Yeah, I still enjoy it. By no means isn't the best um, Avengers movie out there. It definitely got better as they went on, not including mm-hmm. Ultron, because Ultron was... I don't know what they were doing with that one. Um, but, like, there's so much great stuff that... Uh, yeah, adds ones with whiplashes too. Um, but that's the thing as well. That's the whole point of the comic book industry like that. It's like they put out a whole bunch of books out there to get people's attention. Yep. You're not going to love every book out there, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's like that is absolutely fine. Not everybody likes the same books, the same stories, the same characters. So this is our opinion. If it disagrees, don't send us angry messages because I will just delete them. I don't care enough to read them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's like not, not over a Black Widow movie. I'm like, it's, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's I not agree. it's not worth it fighting over a character that's dead now. You know, spoilers for Endgame. You know, if anyone <laughs> didn't know and thought this was the start of a new franchise, you know, uh, logical uh, robot coming in saying respect your opinion, guys. But Black Widow for me personally was Iron Man three levels of MCU horrendous. You know, and we're gonna we're gonna hold back our official kind of thing now because we're going to talk <laughs> yeah, about we'll some other stuff. But we're going to get into but like right there, sure, like yep. compared to LG and Logical Robot, there's already two different views of this. Exactly, exactly. You know, and I've already heard it. I've already heard people like online tearing this movie apart. I've heard other people saying apparently it's the best MCU movie ever. Personally, I don't know how you could have got that because some of the movies that are out there are phenomenal. Like it's, I'm doing the Carrie Ells head shake. Yeah, it's like whether you love this movie or hate it, this is not close to like. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely logical robot. I wasn't. I was kind of shocked myself, but I've heard people say that like, yeah. what's the best MCU movie ever? And I was like, off the top Probably of my head, couple plays out. Yeah, off the top of my head, without trying, I could name five to ten that I'm like, that's a better level movie, and that's like yeah. you know, at least five. Like, I mean, like if you compare like what I consider one of the best movies in the MCU. Not even including like Infinity War and Endgame. We talked about it yesterday. Was Winter Soldier? Agreed. I'm like Agreed. one of, if not the best movie that's came out in the MCU. And I'm like, I would agree. Good comparison to Black Widow because it's that kind of spy espionage esque the movie. They're Jewish. not. They're not on the same level. Not even close to me. No. And personally, but uh, Marvel really outplayed themselves when they delivered Winter Soldier and Civil War. Never came close. And yeah. Winter Soldier is still one of the best out there for me. I could quite happily put it down and watch it and not have issues with that movie. Like they, so good, that man. was a that was one of their high high points for me. So yeah, I can't okay. say it was the best one, but it was good. Yeah, LJ is like definitely not the best. Hey, Lock, how's it going? No worries, bro. You know I love you, but I haven't lurk seen away. it yet, so I'm a lurk. Thank you for the lurk, Lock Steady. We appreciate it. And good point for that as well. If you haven't read the title on our um, stream today, we are going to go full spoilers into this. We're so spoiling the crap. Um, out of the movie. So if you don't want spoilers on this, this will be uploaded onto YouTube later. This will be uploaded onto and um, wherever you can get podcasts from, audio, such as iTunes, Spotify, places like that. So if you want to catch it later for that, you definitely can if you've not seen it yet and don't want anything spoiled. Um, all I ask is if you're able to, if you're not going to hang around, is to drop a lot click lock. Could if you could help our viewership kind of stay up for that and at least get us a bit more prominence with that so other people can find us. We would greatly appreciate that. But if you're not able to even do that, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before 
we delve into the movie. Logical Robot coming in with that follow. Thank you so much, what? Logical. We appreciate Thanks, it. Or, I don't know if you're a dude. Again, a colloquialism with me. So yeah, we. But thank you. Yeah, FYI, we call everybody dude. We, we call everybody. We dude. say dude a lot. Probably more than two thirty-something, you know, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you should probably yeah. say dude, um, and it is literally a case of like, if you're a guy, if you're a woman, if you're whatever, if you're, you know, transgender, if you're, you know, pansexual, whatever. We say dude. It's, yeah, it, it's I mean, literally I cross, in. I cross species with 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 my saying of dude. I call my dog dude. <laughs> you know, I call everybody dude. So yeah, Tom Levine coming and saying dude is universal now. <laughs> Absolutely, Tom. Absolutely, dude is a universal term. I will c yes. call anyone dude. Dude's um, the Rooney. Um, I ain't seen it, but spoilers don't bother me, and I love watching you dissect the movie. Oh, thank you, Az. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Um, but before we delve into the actual movie, I wanted to talk because we got to do something really exciting yesterday as part of like seeing the movie. We did, we did was, first time in a long time. We legitimately got to actually hang out with each other. And for those of you who don't know, Cross and I, like we li only live like 10 or 15 minutes away from each other. Yeah. So it's not like, you know. But we haven't got a chance just because of everything that's been going on to just to kind of hang out. And we got a chance to do that yesterday. Yeah, awesome. just because of quarantine, because of all that sort of stuff with the lockdown. We both have families. We both have kids. For anyone that's not aware, I also have an autistic kid, which makes things a million times harder trying to arrange stuff, as we talked about, about yesterday as well. Yeah. Um, but we actually got to hang out yesterday. And we actually even got to go to um, our local comic shop. Shout out to Richmond Comics. Yeah, um, I probably shouldn't say this out loud in public but so we got to the comic book store early i thought they had opened it i thought they opened at 10 but they didn't open until 11 and yeah, so um, we were there like a full, we were there like a full half hour before yeah they we, were there we were there 30 minutes 10, early we were there at 10 so, 30. like like a dummy i didn't look at the door sign to check the hours and i just jiggled the door and it wasn't opening and then philip who's the owner who we actually interviewed last year um came to the door and let us in kind of like a little bit early so i was like dude i'm a vip this is pretty sweet yeah, but it was it. probably because of cross <laughs> I love it. We got in there a whole half hour early. He's beaming yeah. with us joy. He's like, not to mention the fact of like nobody else came to the door until after eleven, so it didn't make True. a difference. We had anywhere. the whole store to ourselves for thirty minutes. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, logical robot saying, "It looks like you both are in the same room facing each other. Must be the color scheme." Oh, do we? That's kind of nice. sweet. Uh, we Tom are. Being I'm, I'm just right over his shoulder. I'm in yeah. the shadow, so you can't see me. Yeah, so we're in the same room, back to back. No, it's like apparently we both just like blue and white, like. <laughs> Like, I can't even remember what colour my office used to be before I moved in. Like, I literally had to paint this office. It was, like, pink, I think, beforehand. And I'm like, I'm not... Was it really? Yeah, I'm not doing, like, a bright pink office. Like, that's... I'm I'm not going to do it. It's going to hurt my head too much. Like, I, mean, I mean, when I mean pink, I mean, like, yeah, proper pink, like, bright. Oh. And it's like, nope. <laughs> that, see, see, logic, that's not going to work. <laughs> logical Robot and Tom, it's it's all about continuity at, here at uh, Comics and Across. We want to yeah. make sure that everything feels cohesive as a unit. Yeah, even our stream rooms. Joking. It's totally planned. We meant it, every and bit of it. We both have zero. Yeah, so, we both have zero. zero. It's Coke Zero. See? It's, it's, yeah. We're just synchronous with, Coke, our, Coke, with, our, if, with our brains. Coke Zero, if you ever want to sponsor us, we will take it. Uh, Sprite Zero as well. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm open to offers. That, I know they'll never, but, you know. I'm not opposed I'll, to tattooing your name, your brand on me. Just, I'll just throw that out. I'm not opposed to tattooing Coke. I'm not <laughs> opposed to tattooing your brand on him as well. <laughs> As long as it's cherry coke, I'm, I'm good. I don't start your cherry coke crap. Oh, whatever. Don't Dude, cherry vanilla. Have you had their? All right, I know, way random, but have you had their orange Coke Zero? The orange one is that the orange yeah. vanilla thing? Like, yeah, it's like orange vanilla. It's, it's I have good, man. no. I wanted to try it, but I've not had a chance to actually try it yet. Pretty good, dude. 
excuse me. But all right, so we thought as well we're going to start off since we got to go into Richmond Comics and realized how little money we had to spend compared to what there was to buy. Because um, <laughs> Nitro we and I didn't think it through. Fully. Nitro and I both do this thing when we go to comic shops of like we literally go through comics and start going through the the long boxes, start going through the shelves, start looking at all the stuff we want to get, and then we'll meet together, show each other all the cool stuff we found. And, yeah. then we'll the, like, and then we'll go through them and actually start tallying up prices and realizing what we can afford and what stuff do yeah. we really want and what stuff is like, is it okay to put back in the shelf because we just can't get it? Yeah, because be, it both now. being family men with kids and stuff like that, you only have so much money to spend in the comic shop. You only have so much money to get. Uh, we are not big buyers of like weekly comics and stuff coming out on a massive weekly basis just because the finances don't allow it. I'd love yeah. to go and get stuff on a weekly basis. I just, I can't. Um, but we did look through because we collect specialties we collect stuff that we like and we enjoy and we want to get and we found a few interesting little pieces um, so do you want to start off showing off some of the stuff that you got? Sure, so I'll start with this, obviously uh, for those of you who have been following the um, the stream for a while, this this I didn't get this at the comic book store, but uh, this is the Epics of Inkanu. we actually um, interviewed the author, uh, Ahmed Amin uh, last year, he's the one who wrote this and he gave us a signed copy of it so Pretty, pretty stoked about that. Yeah. I actually got my hands on that yesterday because Cross gave it to me. Yeah, that that's just how long it's been since we've seen each other in person. Like, literally, <laughs> we've seen each other in person barely since the lockdown. But, like, I got those, like, before our 12-hour stream, which was, like, months ago. Um, and if you want to catch up with that interview, by the way, check out our YouTube and our podcast, where it is their archives, so you can go and check it out. So, so my exposure to comics uh, was a long box that my cousin had, and it was full of 1990s X-Men, like Jim Lee, Golden Era X-Men stuff. So um, I had a handful of the Executioner's Song, which was, a, was, was like a 12-part miniseries that crossed over X-Force and X-Men and Uncanny X-Men, I believe. So I was only missing three, um, three of the parts. So I got all three of those yesterday. I got them in the original um bag with the trading card which i'm pretty stoked about because cross you know me you've known me for like five or six years i've been trying to complete this since, since i <laughs> met since... him and we did our first yeah. like raid for comic books he's been looking for these issues he has been digging through long boxes for these since as long as i've known him dude for real um uh, both let me just catch Go up ahead. the chat sorry because we've got yeah, yeah. people flying into chat here uh, LJ saying he prefers graphic novels I personally do as well um, I grew up in Scotland where we didn't always get weekly issues so whenever I got comics it was always like one or two issues of a story so I always preferred graphic novels that way at least I get a whole story uh, Logical Robot saying I bought my daughter her first comic book a few weeks ago Teen Titans no less awesome good choice as well I'm, I'm a Titans fan I love the Teen Titans and that's a great starting point for getting someone into comics Uh Lenaday67, alright mate, how is it going Lenaday? Thank you so much for popping in and hanging out with us, appreciate seeing you here Thank you for coming to join the conversation uh, Seal saying easy, just pull your monthly allowances and share or ask your mom to up the amount Ha 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 <laughs> Alright, uh, I like having stories in one collection Yeah, absolutely LJ, yeah. I totally get I'm that I'm definitely um, a collectionist I have to I have to have all the stuff in the Yeah. Corner. It's like I, I hate getting like one or two issues. Like one or two is enough to get you into a story, but I'm like I I, I want to get at least a story arc, even if I don't get like a whole collection of stuff, at least that story arc. Yeah. But sorry did I cut you off there. You can No, you're, you're good, continue. man. Um, like I said, I'm an, I'm a huge nineties X Men fan. 
Uh, and I've also been trying to collect the issue one for volume two for X-Men. I'm a huge Jim Lee fan. Um, yeah. And I was missing Magneto. I'm still missing well, the Wolverine cover, which they didn't have, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but I've been wanting to get this one for a while. Again, huge Jim Lee fan. I love all of his art. And if anyone um, doesn't know that one that he got, that's like a big four different variant covers for that issue one yeah. that all joined together into one big like splash page of a There's a like cover. Beast and Storm, Cyclops and Jean, Wolverine and somebody, and then Magneto, I think. Yeah, so like, there's four to that that all joined together. It's like so. Uh, huge again for those of you who know me. Know I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I started collecting Spider-Man 2099. I got issue number one somewhere. I think it was at a it was a comic book convention, I believe. Um, and I picked up issue two. Um, yesterday, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm just missing three, so I have one through four. And then I found this, which I did not know existed. Um, again, I am a huge Spawn fan, for those of you who have followed the stream for any amount of time. And um, from Image Comics, they also do Wildcats um, with Grifter. So I found this. So Spawn and the Wildcats kind of team up. I get the first issue of this. I don't know. This looks like it's from the 90s, like late 90s, but I, I don't know offhand because I've never seen it before. But it looks pretty sweet. <laughs> Alan Moore, it's from Alan Moore, which is awesome. I think so Logical I Robot like, Logical Robot is right up your alley, just putting the, the chat there, God McFarlane, and I'm like, yeah, yeah Ni I love McFarlane. Nitro is a McFarlane like, obsessive. He yes. loves Todd McFarlane stuff, whether it's Spawn, whether it's a Spider-Man run. Nitro is a Todd McFarlane guy through and through. So those were my pickups, man. I had a, like, you know, like we always do. I had like 10 other comics that I wanted to get and I just cut it in half and put it back. But Yeah, there was yeah, a man. bunch of them. Um, so let me go through some of the ones that I got as well then. Um, I love a lot of mine kind of like tie into, some of them tie in together. Um, kind of like Nitro, i am got certain heroes that I'm big fans of. Uh, one of the ones that I'm big fans of, which is a lot of people out there are obsessive Batman fans. Um, I'm actually an obsessive Robin fan. I prefer like Nightwing, Red Hood, Tim Drake. I'm obsessive with those characters. Absolutely adore them. And uh, they're all favourites of mine. So I saw this. I I did have a Red Hood I had to put back because it was just it was just too out of budget. I found a Red Hood in the Outlaws number one. It was eight bucks, and I had to put it back because it's just just too much. But I did find this Red Hood one number fifty two, which I love just because of that cover art. That's one that's going awesome up in my wall. Dude. That's such a cool I mean, cover. the cover is just beautiful art. No, that's that's getting hung up somewhere. That one is oh, absolutely yeah. stunning. It's got to go in one of your comic frames, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to go up here. Um, I may even replace the Red Hood one I've got up there actually, just because this is a sweet piece for it. Uh, anyone asks, I'm an obsessed like Red Hood fan. I love Red Hood. And um, then also as well, uh, I think it was the early two thousands that happened. And um, Tim Drake got his own run in the series when he first took on the mantle of Red Robin. It's the only Red Robin series that ever was with him. Uh, probably the only series that ever will be now that he's called Drake, which I'm not even going to get into that. Um, yeah. But I've been trying to find the issues excuse me, of Red Robin ever since. They're few and far between. Uh, so I picked up issue 14, a new one. Uh, showing, I'm assuming Tim Drake fighting himself because I don't think it's Damien. But it's like Tim Drake fighting himself in both the Red Robin and the Robin costumes. Sweet cover, but that's another one yeah, to add to that collection. Uh, then this one I found. I'm a bit of a Daredevil fan as well. And I found this one. Lenticular cover 
of Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, number three. Uh, anyone who doesn't so know, sweet. Daredevil, Man Without Fear was the, I think I'm safe in saying iconic run yeah. of Daredevil, written by Frank Miller himself. Mm-hmm. And I just found this in a long box. I feel yeah, like this so should have been like on a shelf somewhere. Um, absolutely adore that run is like one of the definitive runs. If you ever want to read what Daredevil is actually like, one of the definitive runs is a Frank Miller run. So I got that, and it's, it's a stunning cover. So like that's one I I'm going to have to try and find the rest of them on. I've got a new series to try and collect now. Um, and then no oh, one chat's gone. Uh, Logic Robot saying, "Dude, I still have the Spawn Wizard issue sealed and everything." Sweet man, dude. I remember Wizard, Wizard oh. Magazine, man. <laughs> Such a good magazine. Uh, barely hit tally you, up your comics. You barely hear anybody talking about Wizard Magazine, but for a oh, while, for a while, like it was 10. a thing. 0. Yeah, for my, all... time, my comic is 10.0, mint condition. It's definitely worth that much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like because we, we always got those right, we can always tell when something's worth that much. Uh, Tom Levine saying I got to right spawn for a few issues best job ever yeah absolutely Tom I good grief I'm not gonna lie like that's like one of those top spots like spawn is probably the biggest like or at least one of the biggest like indie characters out there mm-hmm. like still as popular as ever so like I I'm not gonna lie I feel really jealous you got the opportunity to write that because especially like for Todd McFarlane that's his baby like yeah. Spawn created a toy company uh, Tom McFarlane created a toy company just to release Spawn merchandise you know it's like that's been his baby for so long so mm-hmm. um, so yeah absolutely and Tom Levine phenomenal writer on that stuff as well by the way just you know little shout out for Tom there it's like absolute legend as well um, LJ saying I recently discovered that Daredevil got the sight of Heimdall at one point I need those coming yeah during the during War of Realms Jason Aaron's War of Realms, the one I showed you yesterday actually we seen oh, it on the shelf. that's the one that I want to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, War of Realms, he actually takes over the role of Heimdall and gets um, Heimdall's sight, which is just a phenomenal thing to think of doing, is to give Heimdall's sight to somebody like Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, how's it going? Tom in the smiley face. Uh, Lodge Crowbot, awesome. Absolutely. Uh, can I throw in a spawn fan pick I made while on the subject? Todd, my main art inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Uh, I was just a huge Daredevil fan. And then this is probably my big get from yesterday because, like, trying to find this now is a, a massive thing. Like, this is a thick first issue of a comic. This is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Last Ronin mm. series that has been coming yes. out. It has been highly acclaimed. Trying to get it on the shelves. I want to like, get on that, man. <laughs> It's like trying to find it on the shelves. It's like so freaking hard right now. Oh, can you get that post? Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Logical Robot Skeets has a bit of an issue when people post stuff like that. I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't have timed you out. Do me a favor. Whisper it if you can on Twitch to Nitro. To Nitrogen B and um, he'll get it up for it. Yeah, it's not letting me do anything with it. Give me a second, let me have a look. Sorry. Sorry about that. Dude, that's sweet, man. Did you draw that? I don't know if I see it coming. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Dude, that's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Alright, let me... 
Well, yeah, sorry about that robot. Let me... I might be doing something wrong, but I just... Uh... Okay, you should be back now. Um, so you can whisper that to me, whisper it to the comments in the cross page, and I'll grab it and post it. Then sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry Skeets about is that. A little sensitive. <laughs> yeah, Skeets freaks out. His, his stuff been posted, and I keep trying to fix him, and it keeps not working. So sorry about that. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, there's like so Lash Warning. If you have not checked out, if you're a Turtles fan and you have not checked out Lash Warning, it is a well worth while series. Basically, it's like the story for the end of Turtles. The story takes place of the last Ronin. He is the last of the four turtles. Three of the turtle brothers are dead. There's only one left standing. It's basically post-apocalyptic. The world's like done. They lost sort of situation. Yeah. And it's a one last push to take them all down. I'm not going to reveal which of the brothers is still alive. Because uh, that's part of the mystery at first. Is we don't know which of the four it is. That um, survives. But I found... I was going through the shelves and there was number two and number three were there on the shelf, like a lot of them. But I could not see a number one. I thought I probably missed it. And then right at the back, I found a number one. And not only a number one, but a number one with the cover by Kevin Eastman. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Kevin Eastman is the creator of the Teenage Mutant That's Ninja sweet. Turtles. So and this comic style is the style of the comics from uh, the original comic. They used to be this black and white style. Um, and look to them so it's a cover based on like doing the last row and looking like the original sort of turtle style um, so I seen that and I'm like getting a number one was a, like almost a must get at some point yeah. but seeing it with that variant cover that was a definitive I need to get this yeah that was sweet man that was a good pickup um, so I seen that and it was the only one there and I could see the jealousy in your face Nitro because Dude, I was so it, jealous I, is, I was is, trying is to hide one? it as best as I could but I like, is, like, is, is, is there another one there? is there another one? I just, I just cried in the corner for a little bit but I got over it it was okay you yeah, know. Dude, that, was, that was a good pickup man that was awesome but I found we had some one. good pickups man we started looking through the long boxes a little bit <laughs> like you said it was like ridiculously overwhelming it was really overwhelming I, they've got so many long boxes and i'm like I, I i'm like rushing through my head trying to think of all this stuff like what am i looking for yeah i mean i made a list of like there were specific comics that i wanted and i got some of them but uh there was probably if i had to guess a hundred long boxes in there and there was like there's no way i'm going through all those no absolutely man absolutely uh tom coming back in saying there shouldn't be i wasn't told any of the details at the time but I do know McFarlane was 100% committed to not letting anyone else dictate how he wanted to do it, which is Good. how it should be, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's his baby. I, I mean, I the, the first movie holds a special place in my heart. It is not that rewatchable, just going to be 100% honest. <laughs> it is not aged very well at all. No, it's, I, it's not know. that good of a movie. You look back, I remember seeing that as a kid in the 90s and, like, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. John Leguizamo, though, is a beast. <laughs> John Leguizamo is like, he's the weirdest, but yet it kind of works casting. It works, man. It works. I don't know why it works, like him in that role, but like, it, but yeah, it, I'm, it interested to, I'm interested to see what they do with the new movie. I think they said they're going to like take more of a Jaws approach where you're not really going to see Spawn like full on until like maybe the very end, which, you know. Yeah, I heard that. It could heard... work. It couldn't work. You know, we'll, we'll see. I heard rumors it's meant to be more focused on the cops and stuff rather than on him. Go and... Go <laughs> but like, awesome. I mean, 
But that's it though, that's why that movie was pushed back for so long, because McFarlane wanted it done his way, and I'm like, you know what, with, yeah. you know what, if you've got 100% rights over that and it's your character, I don't blame him. Yeah, I like the animated series, War Hero, yeah, I really like the animated series too. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's his baby, man, he, sh he should have 100% say over what, you know, over what's done. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was our pickups from the comic book store yesterday, so we got to go and do that, and got to hang out, and chat we chatted and chatted a lot of stuff for loki and future of the marvel universe and all that yeah. sort of stuff we got in some good discussions man we were like you were like hey we, we should probably not talk about this or we're gonna ruin the, the stream tomorrow or the next week because like, we were talking stuff about freaking like loki and i'm like getting into stuff and i'm like this is gonna like this is stuff we should be saving for next week but <laughs> so like that goes to show you guys we would do this if nobody showed up because we, we do, do it anyway. That's why we started filming it and putting it on Twitch. Because it's like this is what we do normally. This is what we do. <laughs> we sit and have conversations like this, so we thought we might as well, you know, make a podcast out of it. The animated series was superb. It was it so was. good. I didn't have HBO growing up, but when I got like the free trial and stuff like that, I loved watching it. I don't even looked. Is it on HBO Max? Because it was an HBO series. Oh, that's actually a good good call out. I don't. I don't even looked in HBO Max to see if the Spawn animated series was on there. Because technically, it's HBO, so. Uh, the passion for you guys, we appreciate it. Right. <laughs> Thank you, little robot, we appreciate that. Alright. Alright, so we have rambled about our normal stuff. Wow, we're at 40 minutes already, dang. Um, it is on HBO Max, LG, I'll need to go give it a check again then. Not seen a spot animated thing for years. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, so, last, th last threshold here. Once again, we're going full spoilers for Black Widow. I'm always tempted, and I say this every time we do it, I'm always tempted like to say when I do the countdown, okay, full spoilers saying something that is 100% a spoiler that would ruin it for someone, yeah. just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. It's like people who haven't seen in-game spoilers in 3, 2, 1, Black Widow dies. Yeah. Oops, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for a, what, two-year-old movie at this point? Two and a half year old? Right. Um, so we are going to go full spoilers for Black Widow here. Again, this is our opinions on it and what we thought of the movie. Um, get your opinions, your thoughts, join the conversation in the chat here with us. Um, but we are going full spoilers, so if you are hanging around from this point on, you have been warned that the movie yes. will be getting spoiled for you because we are going to go into everything. And trust me, we have got some stuff to say on some of this. Um, uh, double checked, it's on there. Awesome. Oh. Well, I know what I'm doing later. <laughs> <laughs> That's my night sorted. I don't know about you. Um, but all right, so we are delving in. Black Widow, the triumphant, maybe, return. Wasn't it crazy when Galactus showed up at the end? Yeah, man, it was absolutely in the massive war. It took place with him versus Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four came in. It was sweet, man. Yeah, it was just crazy. All in one movie. All right, so I, you always... We just, off we just, me. we just messed with somebody. It's <laughs> like, what? All right, you always start off by asking me. Oh, don't do what it. Your overall thoughts. Don't do it. So I'm gonna flip the script and I'm gonna ask you what your overall thoughts were on the movie. See, that's not fair. You got to do that after the movie as well. I, I, I will give the same opinion now that I've calmed down as I did to you, like right away, <laughs> as I did yesterday. It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't necessarily the worst I've seen. But it was okay. That's the best I can give it. 
The Omega, right. the Omega Red cameo was amazing. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> All right, so here's mine. So I, I, I think you and I are pretty much in sync. I think you might hate it a little more than I do. But that being said, I, at first, because I've seen it twice now, because I saw it the week before we saw it with my wife, because she wanted to see it. Yeah, to so say that like, as well. So I'm coming off of, we yeah. literally watched this yesterday, but that was my first and only viewing of it. Nitro has seen it twice now, so he's got a slightly yeah. different perspective on me from it. All right, so it, the first time I saw it, I was like, that was actually a good movie. But as, as it pertains to the MCU, it was completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. It, I, it's, it's five years too late, in my opinion. It should have come out chronologically when it's, when it's set. And I think it would have had much more impact. And it would have had much more impact on the character of Black Widow. And for the events that happen after that. Um, I think the more I sit with the movie, the more I'm like, I actually don't know if it was actually that great of a movie in general because mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of items with the movie that i had issues with and not necessarily as it pertains to the mcu as a whole but just as it pertains to it as that being a movie so yeah I, I again i think you and i are in sync i don't really think it was that great of a movie but as it pertains to the mcu i think it was um honestly irrelevant yeah i think that was my hardest thing for it was because if anyone doesn't know black widow was set like right after civil war so like, like after captain america yeah. civil war caps on the run tony's running things everyone's kind of taken off this is what happens with black widow like between there like you even see at the end of it her getting our blonde hair that obviously sets up for her coming into infinity war with the new look and stuff this is what happened between civil war and infinity war yeah I think if it had came out as part of Phase 3 during that time, mm-hmm. it wouldn't... I wouldn't have felt as strongly about it Yeah. in the way that I do because I feel like it would have been part of that narrative. It would have showed us what's happening with Black Widow. I wouldn't have felt like a... Because this is trying to build up her character. Um, Tom asking how is the writing itself... The rain was remember. it was okay at points. I think I wasn't a fan of like the actual writing in terms of like the script itself wasn't too bad. Yeah. There was actually some funny moments, there was moments where we laughed, there was some moments yeah, where some, was stuff actually happened. some of the stuff was pretty clever. In yeah. terms of the storytelling for it, I don't th- it was definitely not the best. My thing like is, the bit, like my definition of it not being the best comes from what is one hundred percent meant to be the big like twist reveal at the end, mm-hmm. and that's the identity of Taskmaster. And they made this such a mm-hmm. Marvel screwed themselves over with that mm-hmm. because they made it such a big deal. They never announced who was playing Taskmaster. They never announced the actor. They never yeah. went into any of that. So they themselves built the hype up for that mm-hmm. for a twist reveal that wasn't a twist reveal. Yeah. It was a character that you forgot existed for a minute. Yeah. And it's like... In terms of that for the writing, I'm like... Not to mention the fact of, like, I think they gave themselves an uphill battle with this because you're trying to write for characters to get us to invest in that we are probably not going to see again, at least for a long time. Yeah. Alright, so... I think for me, like, the movie's called Black Widow, right? You have movies called Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, and Winter Soldier, and those movies are about those characters. 
I don't necessarily feel like Black Widow was about Scarlett Johansson's character. Oh and no, absolutely on, no. Maybe, absolutely. Maybe no, that was yeah. on purpose, but like the character growth, there was none. Like the stuff that we learned about Black Widow's character, Scarlett Johansson's character, didn't really push her character arc forward or sideways or anything in any substantial way, in my opinion. I think her character arc from like Infinity War to Endgame was much bigger of an arc, in my opinion, than this movie. Oh yeah, there was and, no and character I, arc at all in this for her. It, it wasn't her story. It was her sister's story. It was Yelena's story. It's like she was the character they uh, wanted, yeah. they wanted right. us to focus on because she's the character that shows that's going to be, you know, spoilers for the end credit scene, but that's the character that appears at the end. You see her standing at the graveside. Uh, I can't remember her name, the woman's name, but she's she's Madame Hyde. Florence Pugh. It's Florence Pugh. No, not her. I mean the the woman that comes up to her, the one that's in Falcon and Winter oh, Soldier. Valentina. Valentina. Else? That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the one that's fat. That's Madame Hydra that they've not revealed as Madame Hydra yet. Um, she comes up to her. Clearly shows out that they're working together. So like basically taking this whole movie has been a build up for her character to actually be something, and the hint that she's going to be showing up in the Hawkeye um, show. Um, uh, same scene. Um, got too that's a really cute good. for its own good. You know what I mean? Like, that's, are they still respecting the story and the fans? That's a really good question, Tom. I was actually having a discussion with my wife the other day, with like comic book movies. I feel like so obviously comic book movies have to appeal to a very broad audience, right? And I think when they, I think in my opinion, when a comic book movie focuses too much on a hardcore like comic book fan base i think they paint themselves into a corner but you know as the movie you obviously have to appeal to both and i think the movies that do that really well are the best ones like captain america winter soldier they appeal to that hardcore comic base but they also appeal to the broader movie fan community yeah yeah because the mcu has done an amazing job of reinventing things like there's things that are clearly hints towards the comics but they've had to reinvent certain characters and reinvent certain stories. And even the reveal of who Taskmaster is, I'm not completely against that character being Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. I'm not completely against him reinventing the character in the way that they did and doing it. My problem with the character was, like, and we'll get into this later, was they literally did nothing with Taskmaster. You could have replaced Taskmaster with anybody. The Taskmaster is known to be the, the best fighter in Marvel Comics. Yeah, like, and can literally go toe-to-toe really with fight. anyone. <laughs> They didn't really fight. She was oh, a, man. She was in three yeah, scenes. Spoilers. And... Taskmaster is a she, which, again, I, I am okay with. Called it. But just the, way, just the way that they did it. Called it for the first trailer. Called it for before there was a trailer. Yeah. When they said and, Taskmaster I, I, was going to be in it. Don't get me wrong. I got it wrong who it was going to be. My I, In my head, I thought it was going to turn out either her sister or her, you know, her mother was going to be Taskmaster. It was going to be one of them that was Taskmaster. Yeah, I, that was that was, was my be, call. I thought it was going to be Rachel Weisz, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, real quick, so Logical Robot said, I'm not a fan of the overly forced comedic approach. Some of the action scenes in this would have been actually pretty good, but the pacing ruined it. They're now falling into subversion train, too. It's silly. So, Logical, I would agree with you as far as the overly forced comic comedic approach. I know a lot of people are huge fans of like Ragnarok, that type of stuff. Uh, that type of movie I, i'm not a huge fan of that much comedy forced into um something that thematically should be much more somber and much more like quote-unquote dark and gritty per yeah. se um but yeah 
I think that's the thing. I think with comedy in the Marvel movies, I think that's one of the big th- issues that people have. And some of the movies do deserve it. Some of the stuff have. Like, but, Ragnarok, you can get away with it, I think. That's the style that they're kind of going for and the way that they've taken Thor. Um, stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy, you can get away with more comedic elements. Yeah, I agree with Black that. Widow is definitely more meant to be more of a serious thing. Well, but I think you could. Said, have, I don't think it was too much in Black Widow at all. I don't think it was in Black Widow either. But I think you could have balanced it even more. I think what made it more maybe noticeable for some people mm-hmm. was the fact that the action scenes weren't as intense. Like we talked about the fact of like the stuff with Taskmaster. Like you have the potential to do so much with that, and they didn't do anything with the Taskmaster fights. No. You know what I mean? It's like just something simple like that. I'm like that. One thing that I'm seeing a lot of, and I might be alone in this, and I'm I'm totally okay with it. I'm seeing a theme of turning, turning men into like buffoons, like really like physically appearing strong men into buffoons at the expense of elevating a female character. And I'm I'm cool, obviously, elevating female characters. Like this movie is about a strong female lead, and I was I was pumped to see it. But like, I'm just thinking about what they did with. david harbour's character oh with red guardian Guardian. yeah like they made him into an absolute moron in the movie like i mean pretty much i mean that might be oversimplifying it a bit but um like he couldn't really do anything like he was like impotent like the whole movie like i don't know i don't know because that's the thing i guess portraying him as a portraying him as kind of idiotic was one thing and i guess that's like because we're trying to get across the fact of like he was he was clearly a bit a bad father to them, even yeah. though he isn't their dad. And it's like he was clearly only fixed on like his glory, and he was Red Guardian, and he was the super soldier. My problem is that you literally got a, a down and out fight between Red Guardian and Taskmaster at the end of the movie, and Taskmaster is kicking his ass so much. Yeah, dude. He, and I'm like, he's a super you're soldier. a super soldier. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, spoiler: Red Guardian is is part of the super soldier program from the Russian end. It's like so. throw a punch. Yeah, you're getting your butt whipped. I said it to you. Like Taskmaster's meant to be this character that can do like all these different fighting styles. How cool yeah. would it have been to see doing all the flips and kicks and all the different all over the place stuff with Black Widow, and then go face to face with Guardian and literally having an out and out brawl well, between these it. two characters, like just smashing the place up, throwing each other around, and I'm like, make it well, even. It's not watching him get his ass kicked is not enjoyable. Yeah. Well, you said it after the movie. Like, it's obviously, Taskmaster is known to be one of the best fighters in the MCU. He studies his opponents and he mimics their fighting style. They didn't really show that at all in the movie. They no. showed like they hinted maybe at it that he can do that or she can do that rather. But they—that's his—that's his—that's his shtick in the comics. That's the whole thing. Does. That's the purpose of the character. And, like they didn't—they didn't even like they didn't overtly show that at all. That was dis- that was disappointing. Yeah, one hundred percent and. All right, we're kind of getting into these sort of topics. Let's let's <laughs> get into the actual. Let's get into the start of the movie. Let's get into the setup of this. Let's delve in. So, like this, obviously, kicks off with Natasha. She's now on the run and stuff. We got the whole civil war ending. Um, you know, it's like where everyone's on the run. We got an appearance from General Ross in this, which was interesting. Reprise, you know, William Hart reprising his role as General Thaddeus Ross, um, who's hunting her. Um, and then he get she gets approached. Let me try. So I'm trying to throw my head back here. How she gets connected in with them again? I completely drawn a blank. How she gets connected with her family again? 
So oh, it's the dude. Uh, it's the dude with the stuff in Budapest. Yeah, she goes on the run. She goes to find her cabin. Sorry, I had to think there. A lot <laughs> happened between that. Um, so she goes to this remote cabin with this dude who is like apparently a go-to guy to like get stuff for her. He's basically a a gopher. If you need something, he can get it. Kind of a love interest, maybe. They were it's not very clearly defined. They were heavily hinting that there was a little something <laughs> going on between them, and I'm like. Okay, she's got random romantic. Such a random dude that just showed up. No context, nothing. No context. I don't even know what his name is. I don't even remember if we got his name during the movie. Where did like... he come from? Does it matter? But they were hitting that a little flirting between them and stuff, and I'm like, thank you for introducing this romance that I've got no investment in because he never shows up again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's doing that, and he also drops off stuff at the house for her that he cleared out, and the Budapest safe house, which. This has got a big hint back to the the Budapest line from Avengers. Oh yeah, Budapest or Budapest. Um, from Avengers, which I love the fact it was like a throwaway line between Black Widow and Hawkeye that everybody went on, what happened to Budapest? And I'm like, they probably had their mission, their secret agents. I'm like, is that really that <laughs> big of a question? Tell you. <laughs> it's like, but apparently that was a big thing and like the safe house was cleared out for someone else who... Um, who will find out later is her sister um, but she gets all of that stuff while this is going on uh, we also find out if we also run with her sister who is out and doing a mission and then gets sprayed with stuff we don't know what well, it we is forgot, we, we forgot to do the opening though the actual opening of the movie oh yeah the opening the opening in the actual, 90s. yeah the actual yeah. like um, flashback opening yeah yeah you go for it. You start it. You can all go right. for it. All right, cool. So so the film opens in Ohio, 1995, um, and the two girls playing, who you soon find out, are Yelena and Scarlett Johansson's character. Um, I love like that's the character Natasha. name you... I love like Natasha's the name that you couldn't remember for the character. I know. I was like... The one who's been around since Iron Man 2, but <laughs> Yelena so, you remember. So as kids, it's 1995. They're just kind of playing in their yard. They're, they start to have dinner with their mom, Rachel Weisz's character. And then David Harbour comes in, you know something immediately is wrong, and he pulls basically Rachel Weisz's character aside and says, we have about one hour. So you, again, soon find out though they are actually Russian spies embedded, um, trying to get secrets from a then S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, but we later find out, obviously, it's HYDRA, but it's S.H.I.E.L.D. like, like mind control type stuff from a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility. Um, so there's this really cool action sequence where they go to this, like, um, abandoned hangar, they they get a little Cessna plane, and they're trying to escape, and these old, like, 90s Bronco shield trucks are chasing them. You see David Harbour flip open, flip over a huge dumpster, so obviously it's implied that, heavily implied that he's part of a super soldier program. Um, they, they finally get away, land in Cuba, and the kid, the girls are separated from David Harbour and Rachel Weiss's character, and it's implied that they are inducted into the Black Widow training program. Um, and it kind of, there's like really quick snippets and montages of the Black Widow training program, how they try to, you know, uh, what is it? Do stuff with your mind to make you brainwash. That's the word I'm looking for. How they, they brainwash them from a very early age, teach them, you know, ballet and how to fire, how to do firearms and American culture and all that stuff. And then it's just this huge montage of Black Widows over the over the years, embedded in high-profile incidents uh, across the globe. 
And that's when we come into where, where we left off of Cross. Sorry, I, f I f totally forgot that part. Yeah, no worries. No, I completely forgot as well. We had that flashback scene to it, um, which I can't believe I forgot that introduction <laughs> because like that's what everything hinges on with this family unit that were like, together for three years, you find out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, then we find we come in with um, Black Widow and she's doing her thing and hiding away from everything at the time. You know, we even had the whole sting operation, like General Ross has got a whole sting operation to try and catch her and stuff. And it turns out she's nowhere near where her tracker was. Um like they invade this building and try to find her and she's actually on a boat, like somewhere completely different on the phone to him and tosses it. Goes completely off grid. Uh while she does that, we then go in with Yelena who is now grown up as well and is a member of, still a member of the Black Widow um group. She is on a mission, and while on this mission, uh, she ends up getting sprayed. Is because it's like at first it's heavily hinted at, where the it, it could be one way or the other. We're not quite sure at first initially has she been sprayed with this stuff, and is it the mind control stuff they were talking about? Uh, like could you see it like taking over her eyes and her eyes flaring red, and it's like it's very heavily hinted at she's getting like a mind control thing put over her so like yeah. oh is she going to be like a main like you know antagonist for this for a little bit but then it's like as you find out that actually she's sprayed with the antidote there's an antidote for this mind control um, and as she's sprayed with this she takes off she doesn't report in with the other widows and she takes off and goes on the run herself as well um, and we later find out fairly quickly that the Budapest safe house was uh, was cleared out for her to take over it and her to stay in that safe house where um, Natasha had all her stuff set up. Uh, sorry, catch up with chat, people's chat. Uh, still to see Ross Hulk movie is so forgotten. It is a forgotten movie, but like Ross has yeah. been like one of the amazing things. Ross has been the one that came back with all yeah. those things. Yeah. Uh, I had issues with how the entire Red Room premise was boiled down to a mass marketed mind control. Yeah. Uh, deleting Natasha's own backstory for me. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about like the whole mind control aspect being like they were always mind controlled. Yeah, I always liked the idea of it being like a indoctrination. Like you know, you get trained well, and indoctrinated into something from a young age. But it, like they, they verily they didn't say it in this, but they very heavily insinuated that the mind control was a big part of it. So I think like I know when. Um, Yelena and Natasha were at that table and they were having beers and they were talking about you know the Red Room and stuff like that so there, mm -hmm. were, there were two approaches that the Black Widow program had taken with, with Natasha's group they took the more of a like a brainwash type indoctrination type thing but with Yelena's group it was actual like mind control mm -hmm. so those are the two avenues that I think were kind of like talked through in the movie oh was it I'm yeah, totally messed up at a dialogue then, but like yeah, because there was a big part with with Rachel Rachel Weiss's character how she was talking to Natasha like how did you keep going through that and keep your not I mean your moral compass is the way that I'm gonna put it but she said your heart um but yeah like she was still in control of her actions but she was obviously indoctrinated yeah and take care Tom have a good one thank you so much for stopping by sir appreciate it um but yeah it's like it's so like it's heavily so we then find out that obviously Yelena's been broken free of her mind control side of things mm -hmm. um, Natasha then goes to uh, take off like she's at her 
our house she's watching a movie or something like that i can't remember what she was watching but she her generator goes out at the cabin she's in or the little place she's at and she can't get it running again so she then takes the car into town because she has to go and get gas for it to get the generator running um, and it's a good fair bit away so she's driving through the dark road you can see the town off in the distance and then she gets to one turn goes to turn around this corner and gets blown up mm-hmm. as missile comes out of nowhere launches the car she's almost going off the side of this bridge and we get our first look at Taskmaster mm-hmm. um, taking it on Although, we, sorry, we do get introduced to Taskmaster before that, which um, they kind of heavily hint at, like, at first, legitimately at first, like, even going into this, I was fairly aware this was going to be a woman under the mask. Mm-hmm. At first, it seemed to hint at that it might actually just be an android or a cyborg or something. Yeah. Because... The way that they plugged her in, or plugged her in. Yeah, because, like, Taskmaster's yeah. sitting there in full gear watching, like, the fights taking place from Civil War, and they put a chip in the back of her. And yeah. it's like, there was a moment I kind of thought, is this a robot? Yeah, is this going to be a robot? Like, it's like, wow! If that is, no wonder everybody's mad. That would have been worse. <laughs> that would have been the one thing they could have done a bit worse. Yeah. And um, but we get to see Taskmaster out in the fields, and she blasts Natasha. I, I don't know if this is controversial, but I'll say I think that fight with Black Widow at the beginning, uh, or towards the beginning of the movie, I think is probably the best action sequence with Taskmaster. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I would agree, especially since like. Taskmaster only has three actual fight scenes and two of them being with Black Widow. Yeah. One of them is meant to be the climactic fight. This is the better fight. It's, yeah. This is the better fight between the two of them. And it's not long, it's not lengthy, it's not like... But it, they, this is where they hint at he can memorize your style. Or she can... I keep saying he, when I say he, I'm just talking about Taskmaster from the comics. They can memorize your style and fight. So you see Taskmaster do this famous Natasha spin around the neck with the legs and throw yeah, like the head scissors thing. You it's see like, that, and they land the same way. They do the pose. So yeah, they actually land like that. yeah, they land like face to face, pretty much doing yeah. that pose and stuff. And like so, you get the hint that you know she's she's observed Natasha's move. She's seen her fight and style. She knows what she's capable of, um, and then she does something that launches. And Natasha out the road, and then we find out that it's not Natasha that she's after. It's actually something that's in the car. It's something that she's mm-hmm. trying to get a hold of. So Natasha, of course, is like, I need to stop her getting this thing. Um, they end up in a fight back and forth, and it quickly ends, and Natasha's launched off the bridge. Taskmaster gets the box, but finds that it's empty. Natasha has taken what was inside, what they were after, and is now gone, because floated down the river. Um, so that was our first introduction to Taskmaster. Yeah, it goes downhill from we here. Actually, we actually <laughs> had this conversation, Logical Robot, uh, Cross and I, yesterday. The Taskmaster in the Spider-Man game is just universes better than the one they actually had in this movie. Uh, the one in the Spider-Man game is like hell. The first like five minutes of the Avengers game, you fight Taskmaster, and it's better done than this. Uh, it's just uh. it's like in, you know, even in the Spider-Man game, like you you fight him several times, but every time you fight him, he's learned a new technique based off of the last fight, like that he can use on you now. And so they they show that progression. They show nothing of the sort in this movie. No, nothing like that. No, 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 no. When he goes, to, when she goes to fight um, Red Guardian, she does the pose from Black Panther. Oh yeah, because she was right. watching she Civil War. 
does nothing for the actual fight, but you know no, they do it. she doesn't use them. She at does all. Black Panther's okay. opening pose, which is like okay. Got it. All right. So do you want to take over from here then? From the after that fight, you can take over the next bit. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what happened next. So, dude, I'm, I just spaced. What did happen? So she she goes to the sh she gets to the shore. She obviously has the vials with her. Scarlett Johansson's character has the vials with her. Yeah. Um. So she escaped the fight you know, with Taskmaster, with the vials, and she pulls out a picture that was actually stuffed in the middle of the vials, and it's a picture from when her and her sister were kids that they took in, like, a little photo booth. So, obviously, her sister had was the one who sent her the vials for safekeeping. So, Natasha goes to Budapest. Budapest? Buda Budapest. 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 <laughs> um, and goes to the safe house. And her and her, her and her sister meet for the first time in like 20 years. They kind of get into this little tiff, little little fight. Pretty aggressive for kind of like a, hey, I haven't seen you in 20 years. How's it going? Um, Safe to say it's probably one of the better fights in the movie. It really, it really is. Um, so I, um, the whole Black Widow program basically converges on the safe house. So um, Yelena and Natasha are running away. The, one of the one of the black widows uh, kind of falls and natasha tries to save her and she can see that the black widow is being mind controlled into killing herself um i'm trying to remember what i'm trying to remember do you remember what happens after that i'm, I'm spacing on this uh they meet up they so after the fight with the with the black widows where do they go oh they go to the subway all right, so they go they go to the subway in in Budapest and they're trying to escape. They're showing they kind of do like a little callback to to the Hawkeye and Natasha when they were talking about Budapest and all that stuff. And this is where they hid for like ten days after. Um, so they kind of fool Taskmaster into believing that they went one way when they went another way. Mm -hmm. um, and then it it kind of goes on to talk about how they ended up in Budapest in the past in the first place. And you see kind of some flashbacks, I believe, at this time where um, when Natasha, when she was working with the Black Widow program and she was trying to get out, S.H.I.E.L.D. had a mission for her where she had to destroy the leader of the Red Room program, which his name was Dimitri, I believe, um, played by Ray Winstone, for those of you who know him. Um, and so in order to do that, though, she had to confirm that he was in his apartment or in his, in his home. And the only way to do that was to have his daughter go in there. So once his daughter goes in there, the whole building explodes yeah. so obviously you know natasha always talks about red on her ledger and all that stuff and i think this is the one pivotal moment that she she's probably always thinking about it was a little 10 year old girl that she had to like she calls her collateral damage when she's hiding from taskmaster and she's talking to yelena about it so um they're talking they kind of have a like a they 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 get in their car there's a really really funny bit about <laughs> Yelena, she's like, I'm finally out of the program. I got to pick my own clothes. And she has this oh, yeah, the, vest on. The vest. She, she has this, like, tactical vest on, which is the vest that um, Scarlett Johansson's character wears in uh, Endgame, I believe. That green, mm. that greenish vest. Um, and she's talking about how it has all these pockets. And it's it's a really hilarious bit. So they're, they, they, they stop at this kind of, like, road road roadside stop and they're they're kind of chatting over some food and some beers and they basically come to the decision that we have to find dimitri who's the leader of the red room who set up the whole black widow program and we have to destroy the red room in order to do that though they need to figure out where the red room is and they think that the only person that knows where the red room is 
is David Harbour's character, the Red Guardian, who has now been imprisoned, I think, in Siberia by the Dimitri character. So there's this whole sequence of them breaking the Red Guardian out of prison. Yeah. David Harbour, I will say, he is probably one of my favorite parts of this movie. He plays, even though they play him as a buffoon, he is hilarious in this movie. It's, it's, it kind of works for his character, though. I will say that. Like, Drakov, like, pretty much when he got back there, Drakov put him in prison, like, almost right away. He promised him all these things of being back to glory. You're no longer going to be undercover. You're going to be back to being the Red Guardian. And basically then stuck him in prison. And it's like he was clearly chosen as a buffoon because he was clearly meant to be their Captain America, but one that could be controlled by someone. Mm. He was clearly meant for that choice. And you see him to. And it's so funny because you see him like telling war stories and stuff like that and going head to head with Captain America and yeah. trying to build himself up as his equal. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of the big dudes comes over, he's doing like arm wrestling and stuff and toppling <laughs> people. And one of the dudes says to him, Captain America was still an ice when during about this time you were talking like how how could that have happened like are you calling me a liar he promptly um breaks the guy's wrist (laughs) yeah it's like he snaps the guy like (laughs) uh, logical robot in the chat he said to give the movie its due the actual family aspect i was completely sold on bad accents aside they were most involved scenes not the action or natasha and yelena being made of uh adamantium I agree 100% logical robot. I think that's one of the things that, that stuck with me the most in the movie. I, I wrote some notes and I said, the, I think the good emotional connections throughout the film and there was a strong sense of family. I thought that was a really good part of the film. Like there's this, um, there's this part, obviously Yelena is younger than Scarlett's character, uh, Natasha. Um, so that, that family unit that was kind of hobbled together from the Soviet Union to kind of portray a, a family unit in America they were none of them were family were actually family they were all just random people that were stuck together to kind of give a portrayal as family but to yelena's character that was her family because that's who she grew up with yeah so there's this recurring theme from yelena like basically it was real to me it was real to me and everybody's like dude it wasn't real it wasn't real and like by the end of the movie the, the movie honestly is just about family i think yeah i think um, that's like, a funny what, thing as what well. makes family I think that's a funny thing, like, you especially see it when they do the meal, like, later on, and we're jumping a little bit yeah. ahead to the meal scene when the four of them are at the table, mm-hmm. um, is basically since they've only ever been together for those three years in Ohio, mm-hmm. and then they were separated and stuff, like, um, the girls were sent to the Black Widow program, like, Red Guardian went to prison, even though he was meant to be getting his glory days back, uh, the, the girls think their mom is dead. Mm-hmm. Only what later on did they find out? No, she's actually still alive and she's still been working. Yeah. Um, but like Natasha's desperately trying to convince her, so look, this was all fake. It was all mm-hmm. cobbled together, and then we were thrown in the Black Widow program. Yeah. But the other three all react like it's real. Yeah. Like for Yelena, she was young enough that it felt real, and even you know Red Guardian and Iron Maiden, the two of them act like it's this was real. Mm-hmm. this was like a real relationship even the kind of like a kind of love respect they have for each other yeah. not like desperately romantic love like they're all over each other or anything but like there's a definite liking to each other there and definite coming to terms with like you see red guardian trying to come to terms with being a bad father mm-hmm. like he goes through that arc of a father who thinks he did a good job and realizing he actually did a crappy job with his kids well, yeah, and no, I stuff think the thing, 
I think the thing with <clears throat> David Harbour's character is he does come across as just like, uh, like a just a bad person. Honestly, you know, not a bad person as it pertains to being a dad, bad dad, I guess. Um, but like you, you realize so a, a lot. This movie tries to do a lot of like um, continuity things throughout the movie that I think don't land. Like there's a Firefly obsession with this movie that I don't know. There's no context given as to why that this is a big deal, other than her mom talks about fireflies at the beginning and they try to show it throughout the movie. And there's this weird thing that Yelena and Natasha do with the whistle that again no context is given. It's just a, some random weird thing that they oh, do no, throughout thought, the movie. Oh no, no, that's the best part. The whistle isn't a weird thing they do throughout the movie. It's a whistle. Oh, yeah. They only do it at the end. Well, no, they did it. I think they did it at the beginning of the movie when Natasha's trying to find Yelena. Did they? they did it when they were at the playground. Yeah, it's just... That, I don't even remember is, it for that scene. Like, legitimately, <laughs> I don't even remember that scene. I don't remember the whistle being anywhere apart from at the very end. And I was like... And I literally watched it and I was like, is that meant to be a thing? Did, did we set just, that up as a thing? I don't even remember if we did. And I'm not, I'm not saying everything deserves a huge just uh, context dump. But, you know, some things need it. But one thing that I think really, really landed, at least for me... So one of Yelena, they're in the truck, and one of Yelena's favorite songs she's, is uh, Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Drove the Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. So they're, they're, she's singing that in the car. They're playing it in the car on the way to the jet, the Cessna, from the beginning of the movie. And so flash forward. So they're breaking Red Guardian. That's an important point. I don't, I don't want to just leave that hanging. That's an important point. So flash forward. They're, they're breaking Red Guardian out of prison. There's this huge Siberian-Russian prison escape scene with an avalanche. I think it's probably... One of the better action scenes in the movie, in my opinion. It's just, it's it's funny, it's clever, it's dramatic. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. It's really um, well done. I do like that scene. Yeah. So they finally get him out. Um, he's he's in the chop, he's in the copter, and he's talking to him, and he's he kind of tries to pick up where he left off, like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like he just like they just landed like yesterday. Yeah, and they're like, oh, what does he say? He asked, all right. He asked, like, because Yelena is super upset, and he's like, "Why are you so aggressive?" He's like, "Is that your is it your time of the month or something like that?" And she goes, "No." Oh yeah, as part of the Red Room program, they rip out your uterus and your ovaries. They just go up in there and take it out. (laughs) And the way that she's talking about it, she's getting super graphic. And she goes, and it is like deep and deep, and it is, and you just see his face, like, "No, okay, okay, okay." I mean, it's not that is not funny, but the way that it's portrayed in that scene is hilarious. So basically, he tries to reengage them as a as a dad figure, and they're like, "No, nah, not having it." So they're kind of trying to ask him where this Dimitri dude is, where the red room is, and he's like, "I have no clue. I haven't talked to Dimitri in twenty years. He put me in prison. I don't like the guy. I have no clue." He's like, "But somebody that would know is your mom," and they're like, "What? Your mom's still alive or whatever?" And this is Rachel Weiss's character. And he's like, yeah, she lives outside of a city uh, in Russia. Forgot, forgot what the city was. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, so they go see her. She's living in this remote farm, and she is experimenting on mind control on pigs um, with this little app that she's doing. So she sees them as a there's a perimeter breach on the app. She sees them. She pulls out this freaking huge sniper rifle, scopes them out. They finally show up, and. Um, it's really awkward. She doesn't say anything to the kids. She knows exactly who they are. She just turns around and walks into the house, and they follow her. She puts the gun away. What they don't tell you at that scene is she's actually alerting the Red Room that Natasha, Yelena, and um, uh, David Harbour's character are there. Um, there's this, there's this 
really cool scene where they're all at the dinner table and again it's this this family theme where these these people who are not really a family are participating in this family dinner talking about the good old times like they were real there's a lot of reminiscence of of back when they were in Ohio Ohio so one of the one of the again another like family like type emotional scene that kind of stuck with me from it is when they're leaving when they're having to rush out of the home in Ohio from the from the start of the movie Scarlett tries to or Natasha tries to grab the photo album even though all the photos in the album were staged just to again portray that family like life she wanted to get it because she wanted to remind herself of you know what she was leaving and uh, Rachel Weiss's character was like no leave it we don't have time um, but then Natasha sees that photo album in Rachel Weiss's house on a, on a shelf so she it's it, again it's hinted at that Rachel's wife or Rachel Weiss's character this this unit was more than just a job for her. This was actually a family for her, even though she didn't want to admit it. Yeah. And the same with David Harbour's character. This was really a family, even though he kind of he kind of deep dives into that a little bit more because he calls them his daughters and he calls Rachel Weisz's character his his wife. Um, there's a lot of like sexual tension <laughs> between Rachel Weisz's character and David Harbour. Some really really funny moments at the dinner table. Um, Can I just say the before they sit before they sit down at the table as well, the red <laughs> the red guardian costume. Yes, yes. And he tries yeah, to get right, so, he tries so to get all the girls right. Big ass back right. into this red guardian costume that he's not wore for like twenty thirty years. So all the ladies are at the table and they're all it's just this awkward silence and you hear David Harper's character in, <laughs> in the bathroom just grunting. <laughs> And then it cuts to him from the back, like his he's trying to get the costume over his love handles. And he finally comes out of the room and he's wearing his full Red Guardian costume. Lean like a soul. Still fits. Still fits. Still fits. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. <laughs> um so they, they have this have this conversation and That was robot. The dad board was legit. Dude it was, <laughs> man. So they they have this really big conversation and Basically, it comes down to the to to Rachel Weiss's character saying, "Our family wasn't real. You need to kind of get over it," and that kind of breaks Yelena's character. So she grabs a bottle of vodka, leaves the table, goes in a room, slams the door, and David David Harbour's character he's like, "I got this." So he walks in there, and they kind of have a have a kind of back and forth, and it gets to the point where they just stop talking, and then he starts singing that. Um, Bye Bye Miss American Pie song in a really heavy Russian accent. It's it's really funny, but the two of them share that emotional connection. I thought that was an awesome part of this movie. I thought that's what the movie as a whole was trying to do. I feel like it missed in a lot of spots, but I feel yeah. like in that one aspect, it really hit. The family element was definitely the strongest part of it. Like, you got across, like... Because they kept, they kept constantly saying throughout it, like, oh, we were only together for three years, and it's like, I... Part of me kind of wishes they didn't mention it as much... Mm-hmm. because it's like they were together for three years for this mission and then I've spent the last like 30 years not anywhere near each other mm-hmm. and it's like don't focus on that don't focus on the fact that like, they were split up for that long let's focus on the unit coming together like hell yeah. even make yeah. it like they are family or that they're connected somehow in a deeper way or something you know Yeah. It's can like, I just say- that was definitely the highlight of it for me was can I just family. say like I I feel like Florence Pugh did an amazing job. I know somebody said it. Uh, I think it was Logical Robot said in the chat, but yeah, can she? She just crushed it. Massive shout awesome. out to her. 
Yeah. Especially, like, I can't. I can't wait to see more of her. Yeah. Which again, we will attend it at at the end of the movie, which we'll get to. Especially but. like you know, just calling it out as having to come in and play this family connection to a well-established MCU character, mm-hmm. um, and the only one that we're guaranteed that we're going to be seeing more of going forward. And I'm like, I think she solidly integrated herself as someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how she interacts with the rest of the MCU and seeing more of her story i think she's a great actress great choice for the role of yelena mm-hmm. and i'm excited like since she's going to be showing up in the hawkeye show at the end of the year so we'll hopefully get it again before the end of 2021 which yeah. i'm i'm all for i'm all for more of her all right so so you had the conversation with david harvey's character and yelena's character in the, in the bedroom they're kind of bonding and connecting as a, as a father and a daughter and then you have yeah. rachel weiss's character and natasha in the dining room kind of talking across the table from each other and i i think during at some point during that conversation rachel weiss's character like it just there it's like a revelation to her that like this was an actual family like and she realized that she's messed up with with calling the red room and calling them uh, calling yeah. dimitri and so she 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 basically says i'm sorry i've already alerted the red room so stuff starts moving really fast paced then uh, a bunch of ships a bunch of airships show up and shine lights on the house a really funny scene with red guardian where he's standing in front of the lighted window and a a, a trank dart hits him in the chest and he's about to say you think a trank dart can stop me and then about like 20 more hit his chest <laughs> and he just he just falls flat on the floor it's hilarious Love it. um uh, but one of the um one of the parts where so uh, uh, Natasha and Rachel Weiss's character are kind of talking and she's getting her ready for about uh, what's about to happen. They don't show this at the time, so it's kind of like a flashback, but just yeah, logically. we can we can get to it now because we're doing spoilers anyway. But yeah, so yeah, this review so, comes much later. Yeah, so um, during that time of the hustle and bustle before um, Natasha and Yelena are taken and Red Guardian is taken out to the Red Room. Um, Rachel Weiss's character and Natasha switch faces. So the te- same technology that we see in what is the movie? And uh, Natasha, yeah, Natasha uses it in Winter Soldier, like to yeah. be one of the World Council. Yeah. So basically, uh, Rachel Weiss's character gives her the lowdown of what's going to happen. He's there. He's like, they're going to take you to Dimitri. Um, Dimitri again, the leader of the Red Room. He's the one who established the Red Room. He has. <laughs> He has this thing, it's like a pheromone lock with all of the Black Widows, regardless of how they were brought up, whether it's the complete mind control or the indoctrination, to where when they get close to him, if they smell his pheromones, they can't harm him. They can't shoot him, they can't stab him, they can't punch him, they can't do anything. So Rachel's character is telling Natasha this, and she said, in order to get past that, you're going to have to sever your nerve. Your, your smelling nerve is not the scientific name for it, but it's a nerve in the bridge of your nose that you have to sever. Um, and so they switch costumes, they switch faces. So um, David's character, Red Guardian, wakes up on the plane on the way to the Red Room, which can I say, the Red Room is this just gigantic floating fortress that has been there apparently for 20 years and nobody has seen it. And it's covered in like a cloud and not really that great. Can, can I say that? I, I don't know how plausible that would have been. I, I think it's pretty implausible. Yeah, I'm like I, I, w- I was not a fan of the reveal of like it's a floating fortress, and I'm like, really, we're redoing the shield helicarrier? 
just we're making it vertical, like you know, vertical instead of horizontal. Like really, that's the difference. That's it's so bad. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Okay, let's. Why All right. Not? Do you want to pick up from uh from the red room? Yeah, I'll pick up from the red right, room cool. stuff then. Um, so they they head to the red room. So like you said, David Harbour's character, Red Guardian, wakes up on the plane a little bit. He sees the um. I forgot Rachel Weiss's character name, but yeah, Rachel Weiss's character is like is flying the plane, so she's the one that's basically called them, so he knows like oh she called them and stuff like that, and he gets knocked out again. He then awakens in a prison cell next to Natasha. Um it's we Melina. Melina is her name. Melina. That's yeah. it, Melina. I could not call her Melina. I keep I keep saying Rachel Weiss over and over and over. It's getting a little bit tedious yeah because remember he's red guardian alexi but i could not remember her name melina and um, so red guardian wakes up in his cell next to one natasha's in that well he thinks it's natasha doesn't realize it's actually melina at the time because of swap places um, and i love the fact he goes into this whole big like <laughs> this whole big rant about you know all the stuff for the family how horribly he was such all a that. bad father and all the stuff about he realizes you know he made a mistake with everything that he did and all this stuff and uh, he ends up like completely like sobbing his heart out up against the glass like smooshed up against his face and then the door opens and like, you see the shock and he comes out like how did you do that and she's like well because I built it and takes the mask off and it's uh, Melina um, so while they're down in the prison we also see the I'm completely blanking on names here I said them Yelena Yelena Melina yeah, I think that's why I'm getting mixed up with it. Melina and Yelena are like so close to each other. I'm like, I'm thinking, am I remembering the right name? Uh, Yelena like uh, is tied up and basically about to have surgery performed on her mm-hmm. um, to get her back under mind control, essentially. And yeah. but it turns out she's actually got an earpiece in that they managed to get in her ear that Melina's with, which again leads to a actually pretty funny scene of uh, yeah. of. Alexei doing the same rant that he just did to Natasha again to Natasha even though he did do it to Natasha he did it to Natasha again who's not who Melina's talking to who doesn't who isn't on the comm system and then she had to like stop him like midway through you you don't have a comm I don't I don't have a comm why don't I have earpiece (laughs) (laughs) and it's like but she's in there and basically uh, Melina tells her we slipped a blade into your um, into your like holster on your leg you can pull it out of there get yourself free and get out of there while they're all doing that who they think is Melina goes in to see Drakov at the head of the red room to basically try and shut it all down and reveals he basically realizes that it's uh, natasha though mm-hmm. and he talks about like looking into his children's eyes and being able to un- to realize who they are and stuff and that like this connection he's got to the black widows and yeah. um, so it's revealed fairly quickly that it's natasha mm-hmm. um, and again we get the reveal as well of like the pheromones and like so she can't actually do anything to him yeah although she does start to bait him and um, to start attacking her and um, what she does uh, smacks it a good few times yeah um, and the whole purpose was like you talked about was the the nerve that it's connected to trying to get him mm-hmm. to separate that and he couldn't fully get it so she just ends up smashing her face on the desk 
Yeah, and, and part of her, the beatdown that she was trying to instigate was she was trying to see how he unlocked his, basically, control panel with access yeah, to Yeah, she's trying to see, because he reveals that he's got access to these Black Widows that are sleeper agents. All, mm -hmm. well, not necessarily sleeper agents, but they're all around the world in similar yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of training camps. Um, yeah. That he's got control over all of them. Um, because it's, it's kind of like he's realized, like, with the indoctrination stuff doesn't work, all these new Black Widows are now under the main control. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, she's wanting to find out how he does that so that he can, she can release them all. Yeah. Uh, oh, we've got chat. Oh, this is the point of contention. The movie bores that he could have escaped any time he wished. Oh, he's <laughs> talking about Alexi from from prison. I I, I agree. Like, I don't, oh yeah. So like, unless he wanted to be there, like he felt like he needed yeah, to be there. Yeah, it's like I trapped in here. You're a super soldier. Yeah, Start like, acting like it. It's like when Superman in, in Zack Snyder's Superman has some handcuffs on. Like, he could have obviously broken out. Hey, thank you so much, Remix1000. Thank you for the follow. Welcome to the comic clan. Appreciate Welcome. the lurk um, from a fellow clan Beardly member. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Can you take care, friend? Um, but yeah, so, like, so Natasha managed to separate that and then... We get the, the, the Taskmaster reveal comes because that's that's a, that's a special bodyguard who he brings in and Taskmaster comes in and we remove the helmet and I even said it to you the, like yesterday like I, he took the helmet off and I literally had the response and who the hell's that? Yeah. It literally took me a minute to realise oh it's Drakov's daughter. You know that daughter that was mentioned in one flashback that Natasha killed trying to get him? The one with no character development other than that she died? Yeah, it's like she's, her face is all messed up. And now he has to put a chip in the back of her head to help her like function. But it's also now given her this ability to like copy people. Because that's a thing. Yeah. Like... Don't get me wrong, I know it's comic books and people pick up abilities for weird places, but I'm like, yeah. she just, it was literally like a, how, how does she learn how to start copying people? Magic. Just trust us. Just trust us. <laughs> it's like, it's magic, ooh. You know, it's like, it was literally like that, like, it just did. Logical uh, said in the chat, I would like to reiterate that not only was Taskmaster completely done dirty, but the actress who was revealed, Olga Kirilenko, was also she's a great actor and I did enjoy the Deadpool s I did not enjoy the Deadpool esque mute treatment one bit disrespectful all around. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And that, I, I want to make that clear right now. My issues with Taskmaster have nothing to do with the actress that portrays yeah. him or portrays her. Shut up, Cross. I've got How no issues with the actor with Olga Karelenko, if I'm saying that correctly. I have I have no issues with her at all and her portrayal. I have no issues with Taskmaster being a woman. I have no issues with a strong female antagonist to face off against yeah. Black Widow. I do not have a problem with that. I even said it to you. I don't care. It's yeah. the MCU. We have changed plenty of villains. We have changed plenty of backstories. I mean, heck, the most popular character in the whole MCU is Iron Man, and I guarantee you Iron Man and if you'd hit Iron Man comics in 2007, early 2008, he was not like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. They have made changes to characters. It's mm. it's a thing. Yeah. Um, I do not care about that, but she was not given an opportunity to be anything. You could have literally taken Taskmaster out and replaced her with anyone. 
It's like they were flipping through the comics and be like, man, we really need a villain. Who looks really cool? Oh, this person looks cool. Yeah. Let's completely change everything that makes this character this character and put them in the movie. And even even the thing with that as well, like even with Taskmaster, like the look, I don't mind the look, the suit no, that they I wore, the, the helmet, I the stuff like that. that. I do not mind no. it. I think it was an interesting update to it. I quite liked it. But she's meant to be a fighter. Yeah. She's meant to fight. She doesn't fight, and then there's this reveal, and do you know what the worst thing about it is? That the only character trait that they give her is that she's working with her dad because she's got this grudge against Natasha and what was done to her. And then they take away the one piece of character they give her because it turns out she was under mind control and she's given the antidote at the very end. The one thing was like that, that she was pissed off that she was... Her life was taken away so young and she's now been turned into this merciless killing machine. It's like... And then they take that away. Yeah. And it's like, legitimately, what was the point? There was no point to that villain. It's like, you've taken one of the most popular, one of the most badass villains in Marvel Comics and turned them into nothing. You did nothing with them. Nothing. I, th- I really hope the actress gets to come back and portray Taskmaster again because I really hope she gets another opportunity to do it right. I mean, Taskmaster aside, as a villain, the, this villain added nothing to the movie. Like, not necessarily as Taskmaster. I'm just saying, as in general. None of the villain. Like, none of the villains added anything. Yeah. The villain was like, it was like watching Captain America and going, "Who are the villain? Who's the villain? Hydra." Yeah. I'm like. Who's the villain? The Red Room. It's like yeah, really. It's like yeah, but at least in Captain America: Winter Soldier, there was legitimate villains to face. Yeah, yeah. There was the guy that was the head of Shield. Um, I can't remember his name, but Robert Redford's character. There was a yeah, yeah. a Crossbones character. You know, Frank yep. Grillo. There was a Winter Soldier for part of it, even though Bucky becomes a good guy. There was legitimate That's people true. to be yeah. villains. Legitimate villains out of this is like, no, you got Drakeoff who runs everything. Like, okay. We got a bit of a face off, and then it's like, he eventually gets, you know, killed later, and it's like, okay. Taskmaster yeah. did nothing, and there was legitimately no one else. No. Everyone else was just a faceless person. Literally, the villain was this huge floating fortress, the Red Room. Even the Black Widows that they save from the Red Room. Did not have a personality or characters no. or anything. They did. It's like, it was just like a. This is the end goal we have to get to. It's like, and so, I'd like to point out the end goal they had to get to was to, to stop this and to end the red room. Yeah. Until this movie, the red room is already over. We didn't. In this movie, we found out it was still going. So you literally had yeah. to bring it back to get rid of it. Yeah, I know. And it's like, and then if we're talking Taskmaster, can we quickly talk as well the Taskmaster Red Guardian fight? Because everybody, yeah. everybody moves positions and everybody changes. Like, uh, Yelena goes to free the Black Widows and uh, Natasha goes to, you know, tries to go after the big bad. And so we end up with Taskmaster down in the the prison where Red Guardian is and we end up with a mm-hmm. fight. And I said this to you. We've seen, all the, unquote, fight. We've seen all the flippy-dippy stuff with Natasha earlier, like when she's done the head scissors and all this stuff and did the hero landing pose, which there's a whole funny bit with Yelena as well, like mocking yeah. that. To which she sure. ends up, which she ends up doing it herself and goes, "Ugh." Which, it's so funny, dude. Which I absolutely love. Um, 
But then you've got like Red Guardian, this brute of a super soldier, and I'm like, I would have loved to see Taskmaster, especially like when you've shown like how big David Harbour is. He's a big mm-hmm. man yeah. against this woman that's now Taskmaster. She's she's fairly skinny. She's not as you know, she's not like even bulked up much or anything. She's in good shape, but she's still pretty, you know, petite. I would have loved to see this petite, smaller Taskmaster going blow for blow. Yeah. With Red Guardian. Agreed. Like a downright brawl, like throwing each other into walls, smashing through stuff. I want to see them have a fight. I want like a barroom brawl. Like I want everything getting smashed. I want them wrecking stuff. He got his brakes beat in. Red Guardian did not get a punch in in that fight. No. He got his butt whooped. Utterly yeah, and, and completely. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading Logical's uh, comment. He was basically, that was the scene he was waiting for and all that. An all out fight with Taskmaster, yeah. and it never uh, really came. That was the rumor, right? That Rachel was Taskmaster pre release. That's who I thought it was going to be. I, legi- yeah. I legitimately yeah. thought it was going to be either Rachel Wise or Florence Pugh. I thought one of them would be Taskmaster. And I kind I of wish. I kind of wish it was because at least it would have been a reveal of a character we knew and there would be a build up rather than a character mm-hmm. we don't know who we, we saw about, really. who we saw a younger version of get killed yeah. earlier in the movie. It's like, because I was literally watching that scene. Like, who is it? Who is it? Waiting for the mask to come off. Waiting for the have a big, <gasps> and it's yeah. And there wasn't. And that was. And it was set up as a twist. They filmed yeah. it as if it was a twist reveal. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not a twist reveal if nobody cares. Yeah. But you end up with a fight where Red Guardian gets the like you said the bricks beaten off of him because he's just. <laughs> He gets nothing in. Like, he ends up on his ass so often throughout that fight. Yeah. And it's like, really? Yeah. You're a super soldier. You can get a punch in. Throw, throw a fist. Throw something. Yeah. And it's like... Also as well, can I say to you, like, I think I even mentioned to you before we went out the movie. See, when you take out an engine on this red room, how long does it take this thing to start crashing? <laughs> I've been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> they took an engine out and that thing didn't even start falling. Yeah. For so long. It was a little crazy. Um, But yeah, so like, to catch up with the rest of it, like, uh, Taskmaster goes to deal with them. Uh, Drakov brings in all the Black Widows to basically start beating the crap out of Natasha. Yeah. Uh, Yelena comes in, she, like, boom, like, drops a cloud of the red stuff to clear out their mind control, to free them all, and basically tells them, like, okay, you're all free now, and they lead out of there, and end up coming back to help save them and stuff later and stuff. It's all very cute, you know. Um, So you end up with the thing finally crashing. Uh, After literally, literally, it's been falling for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, like Natasha and Yelena get out of there, and then Natasha ends up, like, brawling in the air a little bit with Taskmaster, and they end up hitting the ground, and, like, they're facing off, and I'm like, okay, like, at this point, I'm like, why is this still going? This is taking, like, 30 minutes to get to this point since they started crashing the Red Room. Like, this has literally been dragged out. But we're finally going to get, okay, Taskmaster versus Black Widow rematch from the, the first fight. The first fight was decent. It was yeah. it was a decent starting fight, and it was Agreed. one of those... And there wasn't a lot to it, but it was one of those fights where it's meant to be, this is what they can do to each other, mm-hmm. and they move on from it so they don't give away too yeah. much. Natasha held her own. I will say that that, that they, they showed how awesome Natasha was as a Oh, yeah, 100%. They did a good movie. job with her. 
yeah, they did a really good job with that. Uh, but Taskmaster gets taken down in like two minutes. <laughs> and then gets sprayed with the stuff to remove the mind control, which honestly kind of ruined the character for me. It's like, oh, so this whole time she's literally just been under mind control doing this for yeah. her father. Yeah. And then she even like whispers to somebody like that, is like, is he gone? Asking yeah. about her dad. Who had, who the dad is dead at this point. He was in mm-hmm. one of the ships that was trying to leave and it blew up when everything was happening and all this and you you don't care. No. You're listening to us, you don't care. But you're watching the movie, you don't care. It's like he dies, that's all you need to know. Yeah. That's that's legitimately like I I I was not invested at that point in that character and I'm like Um and then like Black Widow calls in uh, General Ross to come in and do the clear up and stuff like that. Um, so Yelena then takes off with uh, Melina and Alexei and all the Black Widows. They all get on a jet and um, take off with the goal of like they're going to go away and be this new kind of family that's going to go and start freeing widows around the world mm-hmm. um, who are still under the mind control and start setting them free and having a life and stuff. Um, and Natasha is going to wait for General Ross and go back to being the Avengers and all that stuff because she has to because she needs to be there for Infinity War yeah we know this we know this already that's why again I I feel like this movie is just I don't want to say irrelevant because that sounds super harsh but it's irrelevant in the larger context of the MCU because we already know what happens Yeah, let's let's go into that a little bit. We'll tie up this and then we'll go into that because there's very yeah. little left of this. So they show up, the first bit of the credits kind of start and stuff like that, um, or at least there's a blackout and then it goes to uh, Natasha with her new blonde hair, meeting up with her. Well, they won't, they? No, they won't because she's dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Love interest. It's like, and he finally came through with a little bit of time and money, as he said, and got her a proper ship. And we'll and it looks see. like a Quinjet, right? That's a, that yeah. was a Quinjet. Yeah, it looks like a variation of a Quinjet, and I'm like, okay, awesome. Cut to black. Nothing of importance happens there. And then we get the cut to the, the mid credit scene with Yelena um, at Natasha's grave, so we're in the modern day. She is approached by Valentina, who we saw um, debut. I think it was mentioned by LG. She was meant to debut in Black Widow like this, but I'm glad that they pushed that back then. So that yeah. she could the debut in falcon and winter soldier was much better when she approached um john walker okay. and hires him as u.s agent Um it sets up that the two of them have actually been working together for a while because it looks like it's going to be a recruitment at first and it turns out they've actually been working together mm-hmm. Um so everyone's feeling like it's it's setting up for the dark avengers because you've got their version of black widow and their version of captain america and u.s agent now no, this would not have been a good introduction, LG. Absolutely not. This would have been an awful introduction for Valentina. Falcon and Winter Soldier was a perfect intro for her. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm like, how is this an introduction? It's not even an introduction to the character. They don't say anything. Um, But then they reveal, like, she tells her, like, okay, so do you want to go after the person that's responsible for her, for Natasha's death, and hands over a folder with Hawkeye's picture in it, with Clint Barton's picture in it. And that's the yeah, end. We had, a long, we had a long diatribe on this. Yes, yeah, it's like we had a whole conversation about this because, like, okay, she's going to show up in the Hawkeye show and stuff, so go after Hawkeye, okay. All right, let me just reiterate what I was saying tonight on my side of it for that one and why I've got an issue with why that doesn't work. Uh, yeah, she didn't even introduce herself, LJ. But why it doesn't work, Yelena being hired to go after Clint for killing Natasha. Natasha Romanoff's death 
at Endgame is legitimately the second biggest hero death and second biggest world saving thing that takes place. Mm-hmm. The first one, obviously, is Iron Man, Tony Stark, yep. Snap, Thanos, and his crew are gone. Yep. There is so many people at his funeral. He's like a worldwide name. We even see it in Spider-Man Far From Home. There's murals of him painted on walls because Iron Man legitimately saved the universe and took out Thanos and his army and gave up his life to do it. Do you really think when celebrating people, the Avengers would not have mentioned Natasha Yeah. and would not have brought her forward as well? Because Natasha literally gave up her life so they could get the sixth Infinity Stone, which required a sacrifice. So do you really think when everyone was praising Iron Man, they would not have told? Because think about it, after Winter Soldier, the world knows who Black Widow is. They even said it, like her ledger and stuff was out there when Hydra fell. Mm -hmm. People know she's an Avenger. People know who Natasha Romanoff is. Do you really think they wouldn't have put it out there, the fact of, like, hey, he gave up his life to this, but we would not have gotten one of those stones if she had not sacrificed herself? Exactly. You mean and that's the thing. The ongoing narrative is that he killed her? Is I mean, legitimate. Is that, is that what we're and saying? Even, if she, even if she was in hiding, even if, like, you know, Yelena has been kind of shut away with Valentina, although it's not shown that at all, Valentina doesn't seem the kind to do that um, for that sort of thing. She clearly knew her sister was dead. She clearly got the news her sister was dead. She was out in the open on vacation on her own because she and yeah. she mentions Valentina interrupting her vacation. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly allowed to be out and about in the world. You tell me she couldn't have gotten the information of that, but somehow thinks Hawkeye's responsible. I'm like, come on, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. All right, so we have a little bit in chat. So Caffeine Rush, what's up, dude? Uh, I don't know much about MCU. I wanted to check in. I, I just watched Black Widow. Does Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character evil? And does that make Yelena like an anti-hero? Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about uh, Valentina's character. To be quite yeah, honest. Valentina is pretty much a kind of villain. In the comics, she, um, she has the moniker of Miss Hydra, which basically tells you bad guy because uh, she's got Hydra in her name. Um but they're, it, everyone's talking about they're setting up for the Dark Avengers with US Agent from the Falcon and Winter Soldier series and with Yelena they're setting up for the Dark Avengers who are very it's a group made up basically of anti-heroes they're not quite villains because they're still acting in a hero capacity mm-hmm. but it's more a group of anti-heroes so they're definitely taking her down that direction um, Logical says Natasha and Lena being invincible literal memes by this point. Explosion after crash after explosion after nose breaks, no visible injury, no investment in what's happening to these characters, zero stakes, entering Fast and the Furious territory. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind I of like was. For them to go to space, logical, and then it would be a full circle. Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, dude. But yeah, by the end of that movie, absolutely logical. It was like literally these women can have anything happen to them and they will not die. It's like it's just they're taking everything. Like, my logical brain, when they're falling through the air and all that debris is coming down and they have their parachute up, I'm like, okay, I'm not dumb. Like, logically, something would rip through that that parachute tarp in a hot second and they would fall to their death. Like, that uh, would be a real thing. Yeah. That would happen. Oh, here you go. LJ is saying as well, Natasha told Yelena a lot about her adventures with Clint, too. Yeah, exactly. So I want to know why she'd believe Clint killed her. Like, absolutely. Um, are the Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts a different thing? Yes. The Dark Avengers in the comics were a group that was created by Norman Osborn during the Dark Reign saga when he becomes president after the whole secret invasion thing. He helps end that. Um, so he puts together his own group of Avengers. 
mm-hmm. um, that are kind of dubbed the Dark Avengers, but it's made up of a lot of anti-hero stuff and anti-hero characters, so that's where you get a lot of this coming in. The Thunderbolts, on the other hand, were a group of villains led by, um, what's his name, Baron Zemo, um, who basically wanted to portray themselves as heroes to try and operate and pull off different schemes while people thinking they were actually heroes. Like Red Hulk, uh, Red Hulk, Abomination, right? Was one of them. Was one uh, of and later ones, yeah. Them. Later on, yeah. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross, who becomes a Red Hulk in the comics, um, ends up creating his own version of the Thunderbolts. It's kind of mm-hmm. more like a special ops team. Gotcha. Kind of like X-Force sort of-esque thing, just not for just mutants, though. Okay. Um, but the original ones were villains, and then a bunch of them actually decided they wanted to be heroes and found that they actually enjoyed it. So gotcha. there's been a few iterations of Thunderbolts, but some of them are worthwhile checking out. Because um, I've been hearing Thunderbolts as well. Yeah, everyone's been talking about Thunderbolts since the return of Thunderbolt Ross, uh, because he had his own version of the Thunderbolts, and it was made up of a bunch of anti-heroes. So like Agent Venom and Deadpool, Ghost Rider, Punisher, Elektra, you know, a lot of these characters who we've not seen a lot of. It'd be a cool way for them to be reintroduced. But then a lot of people also started talking about it because of the reintroduction of Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. And Falcon and Winter Soldier because we got to see Baron Zemo like full mask at one point. That's awesome, by the way. And then also as well by the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was looking like he was going to be out in his own again, but now he's back in Wakanda, so we'll yeah. see what happens with that. Uh, Abomination and Shang Chi tells me he might be a part of that too. Yeah, I mean they'll probably so bring glad him they in. brought him back. That's so cool. I mean that's cool that they managed to bring Abomination back. I'm all for him being back, but. That's his return is the only thing that makes me think we're going to see a lot of these characters back. Uh, still the best Hulk and best. Edward Norton Hulk is still the best Hulk and best Banner. I agree. I agree. Logical. I agree. Edward Norton was a great choice for it, but I can also see why it kind of why he wasn't kept around. Because Edward Norton does have a habit of like disagreeing with studios he's working with and rewriting stuff and trying to do his own thing with certain things and. When you've got a properties like what Marvel do and how much control they have to have over stuff to create as big a world, like it was never going to work in the long term. Yeah, which is sad because he's a great. He's definitely my favorite. He's a great actor. I love Edward Norton, but yeah, it wasn't going to work in the long run, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of noise to Hulk lately. Well, yeah, because they're trying to reintroduce bits of Hulk where they can. (laughs) That's where we're getting like a She-Hulk show and stuff like that coming next year. Um, but yeah, so that was the end up of the movie. Um, my wrapping up thoughts of it is kind of like what we said at the start of like I feel like this should have came out right after Civil War. I said it to, it I said it to you. This felt like a Phase Three movie. Yeah. And it's like I felt like a, it was so hard for me to invest in these characters, knowing that we're not even going to get. It's not even like a, this is like oh we might not see these characters again. Like this is Black Widow's dead. So many yeah. of these characters are not were set up as like if they show up it's going to be in another black widow movie and we're not going to get one so i'm like i mean i i don't see unless it's a situation like we've seen with abomination i don't see the return of red guardian coming in i don't see the you know the the story of the widows being continued at this yeah. point i don't even know how they would reintroduce taskmaster i mean just think about how much weight i think it would have given scarlett johansson's character going into endgame and going into infinity war if this movie actually existed after civil war like yeah it was it was a movie that was released right after civil war you would have had this entire backstory of how she how she freed all these black widows with the help of her sister and her family she went through a ton of stuff to do it 
she grew as a character and then that character moving into infinity war that's a brand new character you're looking at in infinity war yeah that, it's, a, it's a brand new character i think it, it has a so new level to black widow as a new level to who she is and yeah i think the big thing i said to you as well is it's not just a case of this movie came out five years too late it should have came out after civil war mm-hmm there's a massive thing of the fact of like we're watching this even if i did watch it like last weekend like when you yeah. first watched it like before the end of loki it was only one episode away from the end yeah. so even if i did watch it then you watch black widow three seasons deep into phase four yeah and those seasons those seasons that are on disney plus you can take them as movies they're essentially long movies yeah eight hour movies they're designed as long movies you know yeah is that they're designed as that and they're fully 100% canon to keep the universe going forward Mm -hmm. each of them has built up the forwarding Marvel universe like after Endgame what's to come because that was a question for everyone especially with a year off like are we going to be as invested in Marvel yeah because Thanos is done it was the that was the first saga Mm-hmm. was it the whole thing with thanos since the very beginning that was the thing like at the end of avengers he was the reveal it was all building up to this and it stopped we no longer have iron man we no longer have cap and it's like is it going to go forward and we got these characters and got invested in them yes i got invested in wanda and her story and her grief and the introduction of uh monica rambeau and the introduction of white vision and the hint towards wanda's kids who are probably with the multiverse stuff going to be there yeah um with the you know with falcon and winter soldier and the setting up of what the new world's going to look like and the establishing of a new captain america because we need a new symbol and sam taking that over and you know this new way the world's going to function and even loki i'm not going to go full spoilers for loki because we're going to be doing that next week if anyone has not seen it but it's not spoilers because in episode one that you 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 know the multiverse is coming. They hint at it heavily in episode one. We already yep. know Spider Man and Doctor Strange and all this are going to introduce the multiverse, and we already know the introduction of Kang coming. Who you know with the Timekeepers and the TVA, they've got a connection in the comics. So you already know that's yep. a thing that's going to. All of this stuff is coming, and that is heavily building up. Kang is going to be probably the next big bad for this saga, and people are already heralding Kang as like greater than thanos i literally saw someone share a comic panel yeah. the day of like kang literally killing thanos by aging him in the spot yeah. and it's like we are building up to the future we're not looking back at the stuff where we are we're like this is an established universe now we're going to establish this multiverse of all these options kevin feige had a freaking meeting this week with marvel about what the multiverse rules are mm-hmm because oh, marvel's like that, that's crazy because marvel's like we are taking this seriously if we're going to hit the multiverse it's still going to fit what we need to do yeah absolutely lg you do kang's a really interesting character with a lot of history and um, he's definitely worth checking out dude that's crazy i didn't know he had a meeting to talk through that that's, that's yeah awesome though. and like, it's like i'm so glad they're taking it super serious so marvel is establishing this kevin feige is 100 invested in the multiverse all these movies are building up to this these three TV shows that we've gotten on Disney Plus are all pushing forward. The yeah. rest of the movies that we've got, like, you know, that are coming out this year, stuff like The Eternals and Shang-Chi and Spider-Man are all pushing the next narrative of these new characters, this new future of Marvel. The rest of the shows that we're getting this year, the Hawkeye show and the introduction of Kate Bishop and what Hawkeye's doing now after. 
Endgame, and he's trying to reestablish who he is because yeah. he went off the rails after he lost his family. You've got Miss Marvel being introduced, who's going to become a big part of the Marvels movie with Captain Marvel. We've got all this stuff is establishing the future and what yep. it's going to look like, and this just felt like a complete look back of not just like what we left in phase three but what we left at the start of phase three with civil war hey caffeine rush resubscribing thank you so much sir bro welcome back to the comp to the stan clan we appreciate it caffeine appreciate thank you so bro. much but yeah I yeah mean, like i was just saying we're finally getting this trail of things to get excited about for the future because no one knew what was going to happen if the marvel universe was going to fall this was the moment because they were going to drop the ball because they did not know what to do after yeah. Thanos. And this proves everything we've seen so far has proven we know exactly where we're going. Yeah. This is not a shock to us. We know what's going to happen. And they didn't have to do that. They could have stopped after Thanos. Yeah. And went, yeah, the MCU's done. And I said, yeah, like, you know what? You had a hell of a good rush, you know? Yeah, I mean, you hit, you hit, the, you hit the nail on the head. Like, it's like we paused and now we're looking back at stuff that happened before and it, it again i'm gonna go back to what i said at the beginning i feel like this in the larger scheme of things i feel like this this movie is irrelevant it adds nothing there's characters it that literally i want you to get invested in characters that we are not going to see again i want you to get invested in a character who we already know is dead i want literally you this movie adds literally nothing to the larger mcu literally nothing to the larger mcu other than yelena that's it if this was going to be anything, this should have been a Disney Plus miniseries. There should have been a few yes. episodes of like, a, yeah. this is not integral to Marvel in the MCU going forward, but it's an expansion of the universe that happened over there. So if you want to invest in it, you can, but don't worry, it's not a big deal. Uh, logical sure. saying, the issue is the big show is over, it's done. I don't know how Marvel can reach that climax ever again. I, th I think once they get to um, the villains like Galactus, King, Silver Surfer, Doctor Doom, I think the levels yeah. of movie that we're going to see are going to like dwarf the Thanos saga, in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion, like Thanos was a good starting point. And that's the thing, Thanos is a big bad. The Infinity Gauntlet is a massive story in the comics. Mm -hmm. The thing is, there are so many villains who could trash Thanos. Yeah. Kang is so much more powerful. Kang is literally a lord of time. Yeah. And then and and if you've if you've watched this channel for any length of time, you know I am a nut for Doctor Doom. You know I'm a massive fan of Doctor Doom. And I like I watched the god level Doctor Doom in Secret Wars rip Thanos' spine out of his body without even yeah. blinking. While he had the infinity gauntlet on his hand. Yeah. The villains that are Oh yeah, we'll we'll see, Mister Sinister. Logical, don't worry. It's like we'll when they start introducing the X Men stuff. The problem with introducing the X Men stuff is they literally are having to take their time on it because the X Men are like legitimately a cinematic universe in themselves because of how big they are. So introducing yeah. that, but we will. I promise, we will see Mister Sinister. We will see Apocalypse. We will see. That's a question I had because I was watching some stuff on Kang uh, earlier today. Could this be an introduction for mutants? Because there was already. I, I, I was going to say that. So I think uh, I don't want to spoil anything for um, those of you who have not seen Loki. So I won't go too deep. But I feel like um, now that the MCU is really pushing this multiverse, that's their 
that's their golden goose for for uh, the X Men. Well, that's how they can introduce X Men. Well, I've got the thing that I'm thinking is like there's actually a link to Kang if they wanted to go this road. I don't know how they would do it, mm-hmm. but Kang is like from the 31st century. He's from the future. Yeah. And he used he developed time travel based on Doctor Doom's time travel technology, which I, there's an introduction for Doom if you wanted to do something with it. But he based it upon that and actually travelled back to ancient Egypt to make himself a pharaoh uh, king. I forgot the name. I cannot remember his name that he takes. But one of the reasons he travels back to ancient Egypt is to try and recruit a protege mm, right. and a young apocalypse. Ramatut. Ramatut, that's it, yeah. He becomes Pharaoh Ramatut and he tries to get, because that's the era that Apocalypse is from, and wants to try and recruit him as a young apprentice for him and get him. Hmm. And I'm like, that could be an interesting, be interesting. connection to yeah. try and bring an Apocalypse, who's like the oldest mutant sort of thing and yeah. has been around the longest. Um, so that would be an interesting connection if they wanted to do it. Um, yeah. I think the multiverse is going to have a factor in it like you said because that's definitely a big one for it and that's a big one for where they're going but like I'm I don't as long as they do it right Marvel has shown me that they can handle stuff and I'm like Thanos is a great introduction and an amazing villain but if they do Kang properly he's because he's getting introduced like Kang the Conqueror is getting introduced in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania like the proper Kang the Conqueror arriving but he's an Avengers villain he's a Fantastic Four villain he is a big level threat and if done properly he could be done really well yeah and like he could top Thanos if they get it right yeah so it's going to uh, be interesting to see what they do with that uh, LJ in, in the comments says we'll, we'll see some slow introductions to mutants but nothing right away yeah I agree I think they're going to pepper yeah. him in throughout the, the upcoming movies and and, and Disney Plus series. Yeah, I think it's all the proper introduction. I think Feige's got a whiteboard on his wall, you know, like one of those boards with all the string and stuff on it, and where everything connects. Yeah. I think he's got one on this wall for the current MCU, and then one on a different wall that's like, how do we introduce mutants? And yeah. it's literally like uh, trying to converge them with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's like it's they'll introduce it slowly, and I think they did the smart thing by announcing Fantastic Four first. Fantastic Four is an easy introduction. Yeah. compared to introducing a group of people that we have never seen and one of the things with the multiverse that people are talking about now is that we could see a Secret Wars movie mm-hmm. and if we see a Secret Wars movie that could be the introduction for the mutants having Secret Wars and having like a one of the universes gets destroyed or something and they have to like move over and bring them over in some sort of way it's like the, there's so many options out there if you do a multiverse thing yeah. Uh, one of my favorite X movies, truly. You enjoyed Dark Phoenix logic. Personally, I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan of what they did with the Dark Phoenix stuff. But hey, if you enjoyed it, man, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know most people weren't big fans of it. Um, but like I said, comics are a very <laughs> personal thing and superhero yeah. stuff. Like, if you enjoyed it, by all means, dude. But yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't big on Dark Phoenix. I think one of their big issues was that people stopped caring because they're like, Disney owns you now. You're literally just putting this out there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, death I'm all alone. <laughs> oh, death I'm all alone. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, man. That's good, as long as you it's know you're good. alone. You it's like, like what you like, man. Hey, there's plenty of stuff that I'm a fan of that people are like, oh, why'd you like that? And it's like, I don't know. 
I just do, right? I just do, man. Leave me alone. You know, I haven't watched it. I've heard good things. Yeah, I've heard no good things. <laughs> Nobody liked that movie. Um, I mean, just just talking about what's coming up. You know, we got we got What If coming out next month. We got Shang Chi coming out the month after. We got a Hawkeye series coming out the month after. We have Miss Marvel coming out this year, Disney Plus show. We have Eternals coming out, and then the the year is capped off with Spider Man Far From Home. Like we have. There is just so much stuff coming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we've 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 got tons of stuff coming out in the next couple of years. Yeah. There's so much many projects, so much continuity coming like it's going to be phenomenal. And then and then even next year you have Doctor Strange, you have Thor, you have um Black Panther. The next one and you're going to have a whole bunch of um Disney Plus shows like Moon Knight, you're going to have She-Hulk. I mean, it's going to be nuts, dude. Yeah, as there's so much coming in the next few years and it's like there's going to be something for everyone which is yeah generally how i feel about comics most of the time anyway is like there's a and you got like, venom 2 coming out come on man no <laughs> well no I, I i literally i forgot how much i was not looking forward to that until we, we saw, saw the trailer, trailer yeah. yesterday it and so it was bad. like just that opening scene oh, it's so bad you say potato. And the thing is, I like, say potato. Well, he's cooking in the kitchen. You want to put your best no. foot forward in the trailer, and if that's the best foot of that movie, well, that's what I'm worried about. That's exactly what I'm worried about. Is that the best foot? And I'm like, oh, Sony. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pumped for Moon Knight. Logical. I don't. I. He's a very interesting character to me. I didn't grow up reading him, and I don't know what's on about him, but he seems extremely interesting to me. I've started collecting some issues with him, and uh, it, that's gonna be a cool. That's gonna be a cool uh, show. I'm a huge Oscar Isaac fan. Oh yeah, Oscar Isaac is a great actor, and like I'm excited to see what he does with Midnight. And yeah. you got the potential to do something with that show that you just don't, they just don't do with any other show. Yeah. Like they've had no other show can reach that. Just the the mental capacity they're going to go into for this man. It's like it's it's going to be awesome. One thing that I am glad, I know we're kind of getting on a rant here, but one thing that I'm glad Marvel is kind of really leaning into now is the myth- mythological. Like, they kind of shied away from that at the beginning of of the um, of the MCU. Like, you know, with Thor, when he's talking about it's science, it's not whatever. But, like, <laughs> you and I were talking about it because we saw the trailer for Shang-Chi and it showed an actual dragon in the trailer. And we were like, holy crap, an actual dragon in the Marvel There was more dragon in the Shang-Chi trailer than there was, was in two seasons of Iron Fist. Oh my god. Iron Fist is like, about a freaking dragon giving him his powers. How is there more oh. dragon in a Shang-Chi trailer? We're getting a proper martial artist film with a proper dragon in it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just glad they're, they're kind of leaning in with that. And I, I hope they continue to do that with Moon Knight and the whole Moon God aspect and all that stuff. I really hope they just, just lean as much into it as See, he says all this stuff, but what Nitro is just really using the mythology for is to show why he's excited about Eternals and exactly. that no one else. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, logical. I don't, you... mind, I don't mind the Venom movie, logical. Uh, I'm, Venom is probably one of my favorite characters. It's not I my... don't mind it. I don't hate it. It's not my favorite movie in the world, but it's a good sit down. It's a good popcorn movie, just for an action movie thing. Like I, Agreed. you know, don't get Venom me wrong. Venom two though, Venom two looks awful. Uh, I'm sorry. Venom right. two. If you disagree with me, that's totally cool. And yeah. We can still be friends, but 
it's like Venom 2 I'm just I'm not excited for it I'm just I'm like, I, I hope and that's the thing for me see if I ever look at a trailer for a comic book thing and I say I'm not looking forward to it no in my mind I've not enjoyed the trailer that I've seen but I am desperately hoping deep down that I'm wrong exactly and I'm I still want watch it. it to be well and we will and we'll I'm go watch we'll it. check out Venom 2 we'll go see you know let there be carnage and we'll sit down and we'll definitely discuss it I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot to talk about <laughs> But I'm like, I just, one of my big things is like, I just, I don't know if I'm sold on Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. Don't get really? me wrong, without the hair, it's a million times without better. The clown wig that he had The on. clown wig at the end of Venom Ooh, is a million times better. But I don't know if I'm sold on him as Cletus Cassidy. I need mm. to see more, like, because all we've seen is him in the jail cell talking. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I need to, I want to see more before I'm fully sold on him as Cletus. Again, yeah. I love Woody Harrelson. I'm a huge Woody Harrelson fan. Same, same. I hope he does a great job with it. I just I don't know if I'm fully sold on him yet, to be honest. And I'm a gigantic Tom Hardy fan. Yeah, like, Tom Hardy's I love amazing. Him, like in almost everything that he's in. Yeah, Tom Hardy's an amazing actor. I love Tom Hardy as well. And I and that's the thing. I don't think he's a bad choice for Eddie Brock. I don't necessarily agree with the writing that Eddie Brock has given in the movie. I think he could have been written a bit better, and I think the story could have been better. Yeah. But Tom Hardy's a phenomenal choice for Eddie Brock. Yeah, I agree. I think he he could portray him well. I just don't like how it's put forward. And I, I think the look, the actual look of Venom, obviously minus the whole he actually came from the Spider or you know, the Spider Man suit that's Yeah, but like the, the actual C G looking Venom. Minus all of that, the actual physicality of Venom is perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, as like it I mean, I think it works perfectly for it and no oh, chat's going off here. LJ saying Venom 2 let there be a great movie I hope so Cappy <laughs> uh, saying I agree with Woody I love him as an actor but I don't know about him after watching the trailer I felt like I was the only one with that opinion no I completely feel you on that one Cappy and I completely feel you on that like I don't know if he's going to be great at it I hope he is but I need to see more of him um, but without the wig from the end of the first Venom I'm already more sold on him than I ever was yeah Uh Logical uh, Waters reminded me that Louis is an amazing, completely underutilized director. Would love him doing MC movies. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'm afraid any new directors come in and do something awesome. Uh, Tom Hardy's wheelhouse role is basically a character where fifty percent of his dialogue is grunts and weird noises. This is true. He does do grunts and weird noises as well. <laughs> Lawless. Shout out to Lawless the movie. Lawless, Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like yeah if he if he gets to grunt for a bit Water. he does he does that as he does that throughout venom though that's a funny thing it's like a cross between grunting so weird. it's like he's got this weird like bobcat goldthwait like impersonation going on in that yeah. movie and scenes yeah, and i'm like i don't know why <laughs> it's just so random so weird yeah <laughs> it's like why are you making those noises i don't even a reason i'm gonna sit in this lobster tank the, the lobster tank. I, why are you in there? I, 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 this, this, this. I'm gonna eat this lobster raw. Whatever. And I'm like, oh my Anyways, goodness. We just went on a gigantic rant about the Venom movie. To be fair, we held back quite a while. These rants usually come like at the start and in the middle of stuff. So the fact we got to the yeah. end before fully ranting about something is actually pretty good for us. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much our wrap up for the Black Widow movie review. Um, overall, yeah. final thoughts on it. Again, not necessarily a bad movie in and of itself, but um, 
as it pertains to the larger MCU, which is what we're all here for, completely irrelevant. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a decent movie in the terms of, like, I could sit and I could watch it and I'm not going to be totally turned off by it. It's like, it's a yeah. good... It's, it's, a, it's an action movie with some decent stuff in it and some good funny moments. The family elements are great, but overall, I'm like... I just found it hard to invest in these characters knowing there's probably not going to be connections going forward. Right. And I found it hard to invest in it knowing where Phase 4 is going. Yep. <coughs> this just felt very 100%. Phase 3. And I'm like, I'm not... I'm done with Phase 3. When Endgame finished, I'm like, I'm done. I'm ready to go to the future. I'm ready yep. to see what comes next. And I just felt like a step back. And I understand if people wanted more of that world-building stuff. For me, I just I didn't need it. It yeah. felt unnecessary to do that world building, um, but I'm excited for what's to come. Um, but that's us for this week talking on it, and we will be back with the podcast again next Sunday, again at two o'clock Eastern, where we are going to be doing a full spoiler review of Loki, yes, Loki sir. season one, and we are going to get into this. And this show was way better than I had any hopes of it being, and I cannot wait to actually talk about it and where it's going to go with the future yes of the marvel universe because i did not foresee this having any sort of massive impact on it but apparently i was wrong in that and um, if you've not seen it you've got a week to catch up on it six episodes all on disney plus right now go and check it out for yourself and make sure you come back and check us out for our thoughts on it next week Dang, I need to start playing for Disney Plus. <laughs> hey, honestly, the, what I pay for Disney Plus each month, so like good. literally for the Marvel stuff alone is worth it. It's let so alone good. the Star Wars content and let alone all the other good stuff that you get in there, all the nostalgia. The Marvel stuff alone I'd pay that for. Like 100%. Yeah, just get the Hulu, ESPN, Disney Plus package. It's like 12 bucks. Yeah. That's what I've got and it's like, it's, it's worth it. I think yeah. for that price, it's worth it. Yeah, that's what we got. All right. Um, so if you want to keep up the conversation with us, go ahead and check out our discord we are active there on pretty much a daily basis talking everything comics and geeks and everything in between and um, so make sure you come ahead and join us there we are active there all week long also drop us a follow on social media if you are able to and we have got a twitter instagram and facebook you can follow us there to keep updated on the show and also as well we have got some more shows coming up this week and um, i will be back again tomorrow evening with our crew as we are going to be finishing up Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life um, I know we've taken a massive hiatus from Kingdom Hearts to do the Sea of Thieves stuff but this was a specific DLC storyline drop that couldn't, we didn't want to just do it in parts because it's a 5 chapter story but this is the final chapter, chapter 5 um, so as far as I know I should be joined by our usual crew for that that we had last time which is Locke over at Locksteady uh, Watson from the Cop Show podcast and Seal from Seal the Centurion. Uh, great show, guys! Was lurking. Thank you, Harlan Knight. Thanks I appreciate it. Night. Thank appreciate you for lurking. Um, so we will be back with that tomorrow night, and then the following week we will be back on the Kingdom Hearts grind. We'll be getting back into that. I'm ready and excited to get back into that. Uh, Nitro will be back on Tuesday night. Uh, tomorrow night, yeah, is, hopefully. tomorrow night is eight thirty. By the way, just because I went to say the time for yours, I didn't actually say a time for mine. Um, so Nitro should be back 8.30 on Tuesday yeah we'll be working on Watson's piece from Co-op Trio hopefully 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 be wrapping that up on this Tuesday so we can start on RKO 
RKO's piece next week. So, yep. Absolutely. 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, same as Mondays. Uh, LJ saying it was good hanging with you all. It was glad you could make it in, LJ. Glad you were able to hang out with us this time and uh, spend some time with us. Uh, Logical Robot, been fun chaps. Glad I randomly clicked. Fully appreciated fans who share their passions. Thank you so much for popping in, Logical. We appreciate you coming in. I appreciate the conversation that you were able to give us as well and the follow that you dropped. Absolutely awesome having you here and feel free to stop by any time. Um, but that's it for us for this week if you are able to hang around a little bit we would appreciate it, we're going to go and drop a raid um, I think we're going to go drop a raid on Katatui who is actually playing some first class trouble with some friends of ours over on her channel, so we are going to go drop her a raid and say hi over there, so if you can show them some love, drop her a follow, we would greatly appreciate it um, as an 18 plus stream for anyone who wants the family friendly content, we try to stay family friendly um, so if you're not up for that and um, if you're able to come over in the raid just to give her a big number of a raid and just show some love that'd be great but if you don't want to hang out understandable um, but you all have an absolutely amazing week it has been so fun to be back with the podcast I have yeah. missed us desperately yes. I cannot wait for next week's show again but you all have an absolutely great oh yeah man I cannot wait but you all have an amazing and great day and we will see you all tomorrow night Take care, and remember, you are burdened with a glorious purpose. Take care, and have a good week. Oh. 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 Oh.